Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. My guest today is a lovely lady by the name of Emma Carey, and she has a crazy, crazy story. Uh, basically, when she was 20 years old, she went on a Kentucky tour, uh, ended up in Switzerland, and had the choice between, uh, I believe, going on like a hike or going skydiving. And being the uh, adventurous type that she is, she chose to go skydiving, and it was basically the worst case scenario. Don't want to give too much away about the accident itself because we go into it in a lot of detail. Uh, but the result was she was left a paraplegic and then started a road to recovery that is super, uh, it's just remarkable really how she has been able to get her life back after such a devastating injury and now with the world of social media um, she's been able to be like a positive force for so many people Um, she just has a crazy outlook on life and and it was just great to sit down and I guess talk to her hear her story and just I guess like dive deeper into some of the adaptions that she's had to make uh, just for day-to-day life so thank you for listening as always um uh, gypsy tales with emma carey we're just gonna go straight in okay. not even gonna give you an explanation of what ah. gypsy tales is okay cool because um, yeah you said you've never done one of these Mm-mm. well basically we sit here and just talk about anything okay. and and everything so i but, do love a chat and you've got a story so i feel like we can we can go pretty deep into that do you get sick of talking about like the injury and everything like that? No, nah, not my injury. Sometimes I get sick of explaining the accident because it comes up like every day in conversation. Yeah. But I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. And I guess like because you'd have to know that you've got an element of like education then like it, it helps people like you inspire people to, you know, kind of through their everyday sort of struggles. So I guess does it make it easier yeah. to talk about something when – yeah, yeah, I, lo- I love talking about it and I love talking about the injury side especially and everything since the accident. Mm. But yeah, the actual accident itself, I'm kind of, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it'd be like a hard one to relive too. Oh, uh, no, well, it used to be, but I think because it's been so long now, I'm just used to yeah. talking about it. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, yeah okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, I guess too, like it must be a bit weird for people. Like I just showed Cosa 
the like he's like oh so who have you got coming in and then i like showed him your instagram profile and he's like oh so she's not a paraplegic and i was like well no like you can still be yeah. paraplegic but there's like complete and incomplete like yeah it's, a, it's definitely a very uh broad sort of term yeah and then as well as that, you've still got effects from the injury that you'll be lived with forever. Yeah, and it's something not many people know much about and I mm. definitely knew nothing about it. So it can be, yeah, people often see me and assume I'm completely healed, which is like a great and a compliment really, but it's not the case at all. Mm. Yeah. So I guess where are you at with everything? Or like, should we just start like way from, from yeah. the from the beginning? Start from the so beginning. from what I understand, like I've been following you for a while. I, I oh, love thanks. your Instagram. And <laughs> so through my girlfriend, she knows uh, Eliza. They went yeah. to school together. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Ah, so and I live with her, yeah. Yeah, so that's how <laughs> I first was put on to you. Yeah. And then through like the crazy six degrees of separation yeah. of the world, you know Jeff Weatherall yeah. and Kayla. And Jeff's like yeah. one of my best friends ah, and he's come on the podcast as yeah. well. So it's like, I don't know, yeah. weird little six degree yeah, separation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I've been following you for a while. So I'm kind of aware of what happened, mm-hmm. but basically you're on a Kentucky tour in Switzerland. Yeah. So it was, I was going backpacking around Europe. Didn't really know how long I was going for. And then we were doing a top deck tour, which was about three weeks or something. And on the fifth day of the holiday, we got to Switzerland with the tour and basically they said you have an option you can either go up the mountain for a day or go skydiving and me being just like an adrenaline junkie I was like obviously we're gonna go skydiving (laughs) so I was with my best friend Gemma and she just hates stuff like that so I basically forced her into it um so thank god nothing happened to her (laughs) because it was just all my choice um and yeah we went skydiving and basically have you done it no really no Ah. Fuck, fuck that oh really never because of people like you that's the yeah, reason but I, i'd still like well I'm you've done it since it. haven't you no oh, not you, since I, I thought jeff or maybe jeff said he's like I went offered up, to take you yeah but i went up in the plane uh, okay. but i didn't jump out i yeah, went up yeah, with yeah. my friend while she did it and i was like that's enough of a step for now <laughs> yeah yeah dude that'd be a hurdle yeah it was i was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i'm sure i'll do it again one day yeah. um but anyway yeah when you jump out I just remember it as the best feeling ever, like ever. It didn't feel like you were falling. It kind of felt like you were flying. Yeah. And I guess because you're literally just falling to the ground, you can't think of anything else besides that. So you're really, really present. And I just loved the whole thing. And even when we were doing it, I was like, I'm going to become skydiver. This is my calling. Like I really? loved it so much. Uh, but then obviously it didn't go right. Um, and because I'd never done it before, I didn't know what it was meant to feel like. I didn't know what to expect. But basically, the f- a few things I noticed. So first of all, he pulled the parachute. Well, I felt a jolt and my head got pulled back when I felt the jolt. And I thought, that's weird. And I was kind of stuck in this position, like my hair was caught on something. And I thought, that's weird. But I didn't really think much of it. And then I was kind of waiting for the instructor to like, I don't know, give me a high five or talk to me or something. And none of that was happening. And then I was also kind of waiting for us to start gliding around slowly but we were still just going straight down and we didn't seem to have slowed down at all. No way. Yeah, so I knew that something was wrong. But then the moment where I really knew is I saw a parachute out in front of us rather than above us and it was all tangled. And oh. I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> this isn't right. Uh, yeah, and then basically the closer we got to the ground, 
I just realized we're, we're not slowing down. Like you're going way too fast. Yeah, we're going way too fast. And it would have happened really, really quick. But I guess there was still somehow so much time to think. Mm. And it really occurred to me like, holy shit, we're actually about to die right now in Switzerland <laughs> while I'm on holidays. Um, yeah. And it was just absolutely terrifying because there's nothing I could do. I didn't mm. know anything about skydiving. So all I could really do was just hang there and wait. Far out. Yeah. I can't even imagine the <laughs> yeah, feeling that it you was were crazy. going through. Mm. So what actually went wrong? So I like, didn't know this do, at the yeah, time. Do you know, like how much did you yeah, know? I, I, I knew nothing. But now from what I've gathered, and I still don't 100% know, but this is just what I've been told from police reports and stuff, that basically there's two parachutes in the backpack. There's the regular one, which comes out when the instructor pulls it. And then there's an emergency one which comes out automatically when you reach a certain altitude mm. if the other one isn't out for whatever reason. And that's like supposed to be linked up to an altimeter that's like yeah. on the instructor, yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And basically our instructor pulled our parachute too late, which meant that at the time that it came out was the exact same time the emergency one was coming out. Oh. Yeah. So because they came out together, they got all tangled and then the cords actually wrapped around his neck and strangled him. Yeah, so he was unconscious for the whole fall, um, so he couldn't cut. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> so he couldn't cut a parachute off or untangle them or whatever they would normally do in that situation. So they just stayed tangled and, like, it would have slowed us down a little bit, but it wasn't open and catching all the air. So it was a pretty fast fall. That's, like, worse than I thought. Like, <laughs> I've, I'm like, yeah, okay, you crashed a yeah, while skydiving. Like, that's bad, right? Yeah. But that seems like everything that could have gone wrong yeah, it all went, went wrong. wrong yeah yeah and like what's the odds of pulling a shoot at the exact moment at the exact altitude that your yeah like reserve shoot is supposed to be deployed yeah like, it, i don't know if like this has ever happened before i don't i don't know i don't know anything about skydiving but that's crazy. crazy yeah so then when we landed i landed so where did you land like just in a field yeah or? in a field so we were in the swiss alps so really lucky we didn't land on a mountain or a cliff, trees in a lake. We just landed on a patch of grass, which was really lucky. And probably three meters or so to the left, there was a big bitumen road. And they said oh. if we landed on that, we would have been gone. Kaput. Yeah, splat. So <laughs> very lucky in that sense. But yeah, I landed on my stomach, and because he's strapped to my back, he landed on top of me. Really? Mm. Damn. And he was unconscious the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That's blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like, you, I mean, yeah, like I thought it was bad. Like obviously you became a paraplegic from crashing a parachute. Yeah. But like that's like the worst of the worst <laughs> of the worst. Like to, to not die is just yeah. a miracle. So lucky. I don't know how we survived and no one really understands. Just very lucky, I guess, in the way we fell and what we landed on. Can you remember all of it? Yeah, because I was never knocked unconscious at all. So even through impact, everything? Yeah, I was awake the whole time. Yeah. That's insane. Like, can you... So you fully remember, like... Because obviously there's an element of, like, shock that your body would have gone into. Yeah. And, like... You know what I mean? Like, people, their memory gets kind of weird even in, like, a... Even in, like, a bar fight, people yeah. have so much adrenaline that they're like, oh, I did this and I did that. And you're just like, no, you didn't. Like, people don't <laughs> actually remember yeah. so the my, details. Yeah. My memory after... Um, in? Yeah. Um, my memory from probably, I don't know, an hour after that... It's so hazy. It could be because I was on all these painkillers once the ambulance came. Yeah. But yeah, the first beginning bit I remember perfectly. But from, yeah, probably an hour afterwards for the next week, it's really 
Yeah, patchy. because of medication. Yeah, and I think I was just in shock, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, your body definitely does super weird stuff when it goes into yeah. like that level of yeah. shock. Um, but so when you were on the ground, did you know that you'd broken your back and you were like well, you had no feeling in your legs yeah. or did that slowly go away? No, 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 it was instant. But when we first landed, I was just, first of all, in total shock that we were in a skydiving accident. Like mm. you never expect that to happen. And I was like, wow, is this really happening? And then the next thing I thought was at the time, I assumed that the instructor was dead on my back because he still wasn't moving and he survived, thankfully. But that's what I thought at the time. Yeah. Or I knew he was really badly injured anyway. So I thought I better get up and find help because we were in the middle of nowhere and there was no one around. So when I, it was when I tried to stand up or roll him off me that I realized that I was paralyzed, that I couldn't move. Yeah, I was trying to use my abs to roll over and they weren't working. And then I was trying to kind of bend my legs to stand up and they weren't working. And then I just tried even wriggling my toes and nothing happened at all. What was the fear like then? It was it was the worst thing I've ever felt because, you know, a minute earlier, I was so scared that I was about to die. And I thought that was surely the biggest fear you could fear. Um, but then this was just 10 times worse because and instantly... I don't think this anymore, obviously, but instantly I just thought, like I wish, over, yeah, yeah, I was like, I wish I died. I wish I just died. It would have been easier because I knew, yeah, I knew nothing about being paralyzed. I didn't know anyone in a wheelchair. I didn't know what that would be like. And I thought there's no way I can handle that. Yeah. Like mm. I, I've got, um, unfortunately I've got a lot of friends in wheelchairs. Yeah. Um, cause I grew up racing motocross. Right. Dangerous. Sport. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's super sad how many yeah. friends that I've either lost or have become paraplegics and being around them when they realize that it's never going to be the same. Yeah. And it's that feeling like it's such a gut wrenching feeling, even for me, mm. who's just a friend that's not actually going through that. Like I've, I've got a really good friend, Jesse Nelson, who's, he was one of the best motocross riders of all time. Like he's, young kid he was like 23 or something like that and just had everything yeah and then it's taken away and the, yeah. the day i woke up it was it was actually in america when he had his accident he was in america and i was here and i woke up and you just have that like it's not real yeah it doesn't seem real and it takes a long time to sink in and it's i think the most bizarre thing is that it's instant like mm. one minute you're completely fine and then in a single second, without warning, your life is completely changed and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's got like just, yeah. I mean, I'm comparing it to the feeling of when you find out a friend has gone through that. Yeah. And that sinking feeling that you have. Yeah. And it's just, I can't even imagine what it would actually be like to live yeah. through that moment. Yeah. I remember feeling a lot of regret might be the word, um, just mm. of all the things I didn't do and just for not appreciating appreciating what I had while I had it yeah, I just okay. remember thinking like it's, and that's in the moment like when you're yeah, on the ground I was laying there and I remember clearly thinking um that morning I was going to go for a run and I just thought nah, I remember that yeah, from your Instagram yeah and I just that. thought nah I can't be bothered um and just things like that I was like why would I not have done that now I'm never going to get the chance to do that again mm. and I was just so I think angry at myself for just not realizing what I had but you know we all take our bodies for granted in some way or another and I was only 20 but I just felt really angry at myself for not you know making the most of it 
Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I was going to say how old were you when this happened. 20, 20. yeah. So young. Yeah. At the time, I didn't – well, I guess you never realise how young you are until you yeah. get older. Um, but, yeah, so young when I look back now. Yeah, far out. Yeah, that's uh, – that's. I mean, and even, like, to know the story – like, I know the story in a way, like, through, you know, social media and the way that you kind of tell it on there. But, yeah. God, like, you can really feel the gravity of yeah. the situation when – you kind of go through those details yeah it was really scary and so then you're in hospital in switzerland yeah and so did your family fly over like what was that kind of yeah so we got an emergency helicopter out of there straight to the hospital and um my best friend who jumped after me she's the one that came and found us on the ground Mm. so she's the one that called the ambulance so how far away were they they must have followed us down because I don't think we landed where we were meant to land. So oh. her instructor must have known something was wrong and they kind of followed us. Yeah. Um, and it probably would have only been a few minutes, but it felt like hours waiting for them to mm. land. Um, but yeah, she came to the hospital with me and I went straight into surgery for I think five hours or something. Um, and then when I woke up, she stayed with me like on my hospital floor for the next few days. And then my mum and older sister flew over a few days later. Well, they probably flew over instantly, but it took yeah, it a takes few days. Time, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they stayed with me while I was in there. I think I was in Switzerland for a month before I could fly home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're going to have an injury like that, though, I feel like Switzerland's probably not a bad oh, place to have it I happen. I think the best place in the world. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. The hospital was incredible and the surgeons, I was very lucky to be there. So when did you find out that there would be hope for you to like walk again. So I guess where you're at now, like you don't have any feeling below your leg, uh, um, below your like belly button sort of area. Yeah, or? it's from there, but it, it's kind of patchy. Like I can feel the front of my legs, yeah. my quads, still not um, perfectly, but a little bit. And then there's some spots where I can't feel the skin and I can't feel touch, but I can feel the deeper muscles. Mm. So it's so like if you got like a real deep tissue massage, yeah, you can yeah, feel then that I can feel closer. that. It's really hard to explain, but yeah, mostly from below my belly button, nothing. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But so at the time, uh, they told me, yeah, I was a paraplegic, broke my back, and they basically just say you'll never walk again. And I think they don't want to. They give, don't want to give people. Yeah, hope. they don't yeah. want to give people false hope. And at the time, and I still don't really think they should say to people you'll never walk again because then you might think just give okay, up and well, that's not actually it. try yeah yeah like when I was in hospital there are a lot of people that didn't even try going to physio didn't do mm. any of that which I don't I don't blame anyone like it's so hard to go through and it's so mentally yeah it's just so hard um but people just think what's the point like I'm never gonna get better so I kind of wish they didn't give you such a definitive no you're yeah. not gonna get better but yeah, they don't want to give false hope, which I understand as well. It's crazy because we had Brad Smiley on the podcast. Yeah. Have you heard of Brad? Do you yeah. know Brad? Yeah. yeah. So he, like we were talking and he's talking about like the rehab and, and oh, you know, do you know Barney Miller as well? Yeah. Yeah. So Barney's come on the podcast ah, as well. Yeah. We know a lot of the same yeah, people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's one of those, yeah, six degrees of separation yeah. things. But um, maybe it was with Barney I was saying, not Brad, but I was saying like, you remember you'd say you'd sit on the toilet for a while and like looking at your phone then you get up and one of your legs is numb yeah and like how hard it is to walk you just don't even bother you're like i'll just go (laughs) i'll just go sit back down until the feeling comes back but imagine that times a thousand and then you're forced into rehab yeah and like all right you've got to get up you've got to start walking and you can't feel anything and you've got these nerve pains and all this like stuff that's not supposed to be going on and and 
in normal life, if that happened, you wouldn't want to walk. You just sit down and yeah. wait till it come back. But you're in a situation where like you can't feel anything and you've got to yeah. push through to get better. And it's yeah. so uncomfortable. Yeah. And trying to like, it's just so hard to explain how you're trying to tell your legs to do something they've always done. And it's just not happening. Yeah. It's just, it's so bizarre. And you're like, why isn't it working? Like I'm telling it to do it and it just isn't. And when you try to contract a muscle that you can't feel and it's just, yeah, it's really mentally hard. Yeah. And even now, like when I first started walking, which was a long time after my accident, but when I first started, I I just didn't understand how I could move without feeling. And I would mm. be so confused like because I can't tell where my legs are in relation to my body just from feeling. And yeah, and now it's still the same, but I guess I've just gotten used to You've that. You've gotten used to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird. Even now, like sitting on this chair, I can't feel it all. That's what I was like yeah. wondering, you know, so it's like, just like even, floating. Yeah, that's so <laughs> it's pretty bizarre. cool. Yeah, <laughs> I just gotta plug this laptop in. Oh yeah. Yeah, so you're just like basically floating on a on a chair on a cloud of nothing yeah. right now. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so how long? So you flew to hospital, flew from Switzerland to Australia after about a month was that like yep. a special medi flight or yeah, were you well, able to get on a normal flight it was a normal flight but they took out I think four rows of seats or something so I was in a bed um just in the normal section so really? people just, people just, looking at just going on holidays and I was just laying there in a bed because I still couldn't sit up at this stage and I had a doctor and a nurse and my mum with me yeah um yeah it was it was weird and I had the what do you call it? The oxygen still. Mm. It was weird, but I got to lay down on a, you know, 24 hour flight. So yep. can't be mad at that. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I, uh, I just flew back from the States and like there was a bit of a mix up at customs. So basically flew to LA, spent 36 hours in jail. At, in jail? At the LAX. <gasps> and then I flew back and I got like walked onto the plane by like, <laughs> like, like armed guards. Yeah. Like full, full criminal status. And then I like I was sitting at the very last row of the plane, so like that's my only uh, way I could relate to like all the people looking <laughs> at you, like because everyone just looked at me like I'd done like some super what illegal did you shit. Do? Nothing, like it was just a mix-up. They thought <laughs> oh I overstayed a visa, and I was like, I didn't. But anyway, so yeah, I, I could have only imagined because like everyone was looking at everyone's me. Everyone's looking, thinking, what did they do? Yeah, what did they yeah. do? So I guess that's like my only way I could relate <laughs> to the experience. But so did you have to go straight back into hospital in Australia? Yeah. So I flew to Sydney and went into Prince of Wales spinal unit there because I lived in Canberra and there's no spinal units in Canberra. So are you from Canberra? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I stayed in Sydney hospital for, I think, three more months yeah. um, before I could go home. Yeah. Far out. Three months in hospital there too. Yeah. I really enjoyed, well, I don't know if enjoyed the word, but I didn't mind the whole experience in hospital. Yeah. I think I'm lucky because I was getting, you know, I was improving. So I had a much better experience than a lot of other people. But I don't know. I really liked the physio twice a day, wheelchair lessons, OT, meeting other people who were going through the same things. I didn't have a bad hospital experience. Mm. I actually didn't want to leave. I remember because... After three months. Like you didn't feel ready? Yeah. Or? No. And after three months, it's your life. Like I didn't remember life before living in a spinal ward. Mm. And they, I think they gave me two weeks warning. They said, you'll leave in two weeks. And I was like, no way. And because in a hospital, everything is catered for you in a wheelchair. There's nurses whenever you click a button, the tables are the right height, the bathrooms are the right height, and there's everyone there to help you. Mm. And I was really, really nervous to go back kind of to the real world. And I didn't know how I'd be able to, to adjust. Mm. Yeah. 
I guess people don't really think about like, you know, you see a couple of disabled spots in a car park and you see like the disabled bathroom, but I guess it's not until you're in the position you're in to where, yeah, the table height makes a big difference. Yeah, so like, even, many things that you never think of. Oh, yeah. even with Barney, like we did the podcast and I was like, fuck, it's a super high table. Like he's not going to be able to sit here. Yeah. So then I had to go like rent another studio yeah. across the road to do the podcast with him. And it's just, and I think it's not like, I guess you can't blame people for thinking like that yeah. because it's, which you don't have experience. Yeah. Unless you've been through it, there's no reason yeah. that you would know. Yeah. But I guess yeah. it is. There's a lot that needs to be catered for a person that is in the position that you're in. Yeah, so many things that you don't think twice about. Mm. Yeah, it really opened your eyes. Even just tiny little gutters or just places where there's just two steps to get up somewhere that you don't even think when you're walking up them. It just, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So how long then were you in a wheelchair before you started? Or like, were you starting to get some feeling... Well, I suppose you haven't really got feeling back, but were you starting to get some muscles firing and stuff while you're in that hospital for three months? Yeah. So it kind of gradually came back. There was never one day when I was like, oh, I can walk again. It was my toes started moving, then my ankles, I kind of came up my legs. And then when my knees started moving again, that was a really good sign. And then I started walking with a walking frame. So I was pretty much putting all my weight onto this frame and they were kind of moving my legs for me. Um, and then I gradually just got better from there. So I went from that to crutches and then from that to one crutch. Um, yeah, it was just very kind of gradual. But by that time I left hospital, I could walk a few steps and it was only with a physio right behind me. Yeah. Um, but a few steps without, I think it was without anything, but I'd still um, most of the time use my wheelchair. But it was about a year and a half after my accident that I stopped using crutches in day-to-day life. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, you kind of, I guess, got really lucky in yeah. a way. And I think that that was one of the things that Brad said that really stuck to me is when you're in that spinal ward, you're all in the same place, but no one's dealing with the same thing. Yeah. And in one breath, you can look at someone that's got like either they're a paraplegic and you're a quadriplegic and you can be insanely jealous of that person. Yeah. And then you can see someone that's got nothing at all. Yeah. And even though you're a quadriplegic like Brad, he's able to breathe on his own, talk, use an iPhone with a mouthpiece. So it's like, and then that other guy would be looking at Brad and be like, I'd give anything just to have what There's always someone worse and always someone better. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's crazy. No two injuries are the same at all. And yeah, I felt incredibly lucky in the spinal ward because I think I was, well, actually I was definitely the only one in there that had movement back and could start walking again. But yeah, to see people, because before I got to the spinal ward, because I think I was just in, I don't know, I was by myself before that in Switzerland. I didn't see any other people. Oh, okay. Um, so I didn't even realize that there were people that couldn't use their arms or that couldn't breathe on their own, that couldn't feed themselves. So when I got to the spinal ward, that was a real shock for me and it really hit home how lucky I am. Whereas mm. before that, I guess I, I just thought like, oh, this is so horrible. Like I've, you know, the worst, the worst injury possible. And then you realize that's not true at all. Yeah. I was very, very lucky. So for if anyone follows you, they will know that you're like 
you're overwhelmingly positive and happy <laughs> to the point where it's almost ridiculous. I'm like, just frown, just frown one time, just to just to show me that you're like the rest of us. That's what the doctors would say to me in hospital because it got to a point probably two weeks after my accident, or maybe it was when I got back home to Australia, where I just was weirdly happy. Like even now I look back and I'm like, I don't know how I was happy then. And mm. I think it's because the realisation that I had a few weeks before when I was falling and thought I'm a hundred percent about to die. That really started to sink in just how lucky I was to not only be healing, but to be alive in general. So I had this immense gratitude for life and it was like weird. Like I'd be like morning time to go do with the enema with the nurses. Like I was just so happy about everything (laughs) and it was really weird. And I think that appreciation for life has really just stuck with me since then and obviously things are hard and frustrating sometimes but yeah when you've lived in a spinal ward and seen the things that go on it's really hard to have a bad day when you know that things can be so so much worse yeah and were you this bubbly and positive before the accident or were you a brat yeah not at all I was yeah I was not a happy person really yeah no people that know me now that knew me before my accident like I'm a completely different person in in what way like you just I, you just had it like I guess when you're 20 though like yeah you don't really know who you are yeah exactly so I think I'm sure I would have become the person that I am anyway but I guess it just sped up the whole the process, process. Yeah. yeah I just didn't really have gratitude and appreciation for things I didn't I don't know. I kind of just went around thinking, oh, like life's really hard. Like, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just very, very different now. Did you have much of an idea before the accident of like what you wanted your life to be or? No, not at all. I didn't know what I wanted to do career wise. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really know at all. All I knew was that I wanted to travel. So that's, yeah, I was just kind of working heaps of jobs and saving up to travel. Mm. That's all I really wanted to do. Yeah, because I think that that's probably the thing when you're a kid, like, um, I mean, when you're 20, like realistically, you're still a kid. Yeah. But it's like, if you don't really have like a purpose, and I think that even like guys like Barney and Brad, they're just so fucking positive all the time. And it's like, you almost get given a purpose. And yeah. it's like, hey, this is this, this is a burden that you have to carry. And if you carry this well, all of these people are going to be inspired by you and you you will make people's life better just by carrying this burden forward and, yeah. and giving people hope that even when it's super tough, there you can still find happiness and it's like i wonder if that purpose that people get out of these kind of injuries is a reason why you can see so many people like yourself and barney and brad be these like positive um people uh yeah that inspire and affect other people yeah i think it definitely helps having that purpose and knowing that you you can inspire people just by living and getting on with your life. And yeah, I know that for me, because I love writing and when I started writing about my accident and sharing it on Instagram um, and just in general writing, it made me feel so much better. And I never realized that I was doing anything inspiring or special. But when people started saying that, I kind of thought, oh, like, wow, I thought I was just kind of, you know, getting through this injury. But to know that you can help other people while doing it, it really does help you, you know, get out of bed in the morning and, yeah. Has that sort of become like a bit of your mission these days? Like, because you're 
you're super active on social and it, and it just seems like there's just always these messages of like positivity and you know the way that you kind of I guess like your social presence and like what you put out into the world like I guess is that become like your mission now yeah well when I first started I didn't really mean to like I didn't have any followers on Instagram or anything I just kind of put my diary entries on Instagram and I still do that like I just write whatever I'm thinking at the time whatever I'm going through and basically that on Instagram like mm. I'm the annoying person whose captions are like maximum yeah they're, they're pretty long <laughs> they're pretty long the amount of times I write a caption and it says too long and I have to cut it down by half it's like every caption um but yeah it really I love sharing it and I love um, being able to help other people going through hard times. And a lot of people can't relate to being paralyzed specifically, but everyone goes through hard times. And Mm. I guess just helping people realize that um, they're basically they're stronger than they think. Like I would have never thought that I was strong enough to get through something like this, but you don't realize how strong you are until you have no other choice to to do it. So just helping people realize that they can get through whatever it is in their life. Yeah. So what happened to the the tandem dude? Yeah, so I don't really 100% know because he's overseas and I'm here, but he was really badly injured, I think his legs mainly. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he still has ongoing problems, but as far as I know, he's pretty good now. So he never like reached out to you or? Um, yeah, we've spoken a few times, but I don't really know injury-wise Yeah. exactly. Okay. What was it like? talking to him for the first time yeah so I saw him the day I left the Switzerland hospital because I I was like begging the nurses to because we were in the same hospital and oh, I was begging really? the nurses to let me see him but I don't think he wanted to and then I finally got to see him because I was about to like about to get on this plane and leave and he wheeled into my room and I was still in my bed and we just kind of held hands and we didn't really say much, I don't think. But it was weird because we we'd literally met for like five minutes, but we had this really strong bond. bond. Yeah. Yeah, which I can't really explain. And it was just really nice. Like no one else would be able to relate to what we'd been through besides us two. And yeah. I guess we'll carry that always. Yeah, mm. that's got to be like... Because you could... I mean, you could be angry at him, you know? Like, yeah. Like they're but- definitely... Well, you could see why you would be angry at him. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people like my family was really angry at him and friends, but I don't know. I think anger is a wasted emotion. Really. I've Mm. never really been an angry person and I didn't want to start. I don't want to hold. Yeah. Anger towards someone. Everyone makes mistakes. And that was just one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like at the end of the day too, like you jumped out of a plane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a dangerous thing, which I honestly never thought about before we did it. So you never, so you never even like had nah. like a. Well, it could go wrong, but nah, I hope uh, it actually, before we jumped that day, I remember saying to my friend, I was like, "Oh, what's the worst that could happen? Like, I'll die. I won't know I'm dead. Like, mm. no, nah. <laughs> I just didn't think about it." But see, I'm like super scared. Like Jeff's tried to get me to go with him <laughs> so many times. I'm like, no, nah, I just don't think yeah. I need that in my life. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It is dangerous, apparently. <laughs> mm. I saw, man. I used to just see. Like, I lived in California for seven years. Yeah. And all of these places, like these tracks would go to for motocross, a lot of them always had these airfields next to them ah. where people would parachute. And I just yeah. see like, Woo, I'm like, fuck that. I'm staying away. <laughs> like, that always land. Like, I never really saw like sketchy shit. Yeah. Or like, 
it was sketchy, but it wasn't like people dying or yeah. whatever. But like some people just hitting the ground super hard yeah, and like yeah. missing stuff that they would want to be like <laughs> way further away from. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I need this in my yeah, life. Yeah, I don't think it's something everyone has to do, but I'm definitely not against it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just I guess a freak that's freak accident. Yeah, that's probably mm. like a a. I don't know, like a good uh, advertisement for skydiving that someone that's <laughs> almost died skydiving is like, no, it's not that bad. Yeah. I guess like driving a car is dangerous. I still do that every yeah. day. Yeah. You're, you're so right. Like there is, like you can die doing anything. And exactly. there's, there's people that die every day yeah. from stuff where you'd be like, no way. Like yeah. how did that happen? Yeah. And I know so many people now, as you said, in wheelchairs um, and yeah, a lot are from dangerous sports, but I know someone that's fell off a chair and broke their neck or just, yeah basic basic things like it's yeah anything can hurt you that sounds really morbid <laughs> no it's so true like yeah. it's a we're a fragile i yeah. think like i think maybe we think we're more tough than we really yeah. are but it's like we're just a pretty soft bit of meat yeah. like kind of cruising through just the cruising world around, yeah. hoping nothing hurts us yeah, and I if think, something hard hits you yeah like, you're pretty soft i think that sometimes but then i think the other way i'm like i fell out of the sky and i'm kind and of all yeah, right true. so i think i'll be fine yeah i didn't i didn't realize that it was just like pretty much nothing opened yeah really like, lucky. that's fucking gnarly i know nuts even when i say it because i talk about it so much it just doesn't seem real yeah and then sometimes when it really sinks in i'm like wow that's actually crazy well that's what i'm saying like i knew the story but like yeah. when you were saying it i'm sitting here just freaking out i'm <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> like how yeah. do you do that and live yeah i have no idea mm. but yeah. i think it's given me a really bad perception of what you can survive and heights <laughs> yeah like, okay i'll be fine so <laughs> so you just went back to europe so i'm cl- i'm glad because we were going to do this podcast before you went to europe yeah. but it just didn't work out and then you messaged me the other day and said i'm back and yeah. I was, i'm actually glad that it worked out in that order yeah because going back to the place where you were injured yeah how heavy was that it was i didn't know what to expect before i went i thought it's mm. either going to be really emotional or i'll feel nothing at all and it was really the first day we got there we got to Switzerland and we were driving through to our hotel and then we I looked out the window and I saw the exact spot where we landed and oh, I didn't really? realize we were about to drive past I didn't even know where it was and I just remembered the site and I just started crying or oh, not even crying but I just you know and you can feel your chest like yeah, speeding up like and I was like beating. oh yeah. my god um and then we got to the hotel and then I cried for probably five minutes and I just felt like I felt really, really emotional. And then honestly, after that five minutes, totally fine. The rest of the trip, like totally fine. It was just like I had to kind of get it out. Yeah. And then even a few days later when we went back to the skydive shop, um, we went up in a helicopter and we even went back to the exact spot where I landed and stood there. I felt, not that I felt nothing, but... It was just like, oh. Wasn't negative. Cool. No, it was just like, yep, here I am in Switzerland. Switzerland's nice. Like it, yeah, it was kind of cruisy. Yeah. Mm. Do you think that, like, I'm a bit of a believer in that, like, you carry stuff 
that you don't really even know you're carrying and yeah. then you have like that emotional five minutes where it's just like yeah. you're letting it all out yeah. and then it's like that thing's gone now. Yeah, and but you, you feel carried it yeah. for a really long time. Yeah, you feel so much lighter even though you didn't know it was weighing It you was down. a problem, yeah. 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 Is that kind of similar to what Yeah, it was like happened? that. After Switzerland, I just felt incredible and I still do. I feel really – it was kind of like closing a chapter, I guess. Mm. And yeah, going back and seeing, you know, remembering – when I was laying there on the ground thinking just how horrible my life was going to be and thinking that I wanted to die and going back five years later, standing there, being totally fine, not physically, but mentally and thinking, yeah, life's pretty good. Like, thank God I didn't die when I was here. Yeah, it was really cool to kind of see how far I've come and see the comparison of what I felt then to what I feel now. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely... I guess it's cool to spread that message because it's really hard when people are going through a hard time to see like a really broad picture. Yeah. And like you're 25 now, right? Yeah. 26, 25. 25. Yeah. And it's like even now, like you're still so young and it's like that five years between when you got injured to now, like so much has happened. Yeah. And it's like you can be laying on the ground thinking like I wished I died and then five years later being like, holy shit, I'm so glad I didn't die. Happier than you've ever been before. But think about what's left in your life. Yeah. And like, it's really hard to, it's hard for you in the moment to even have like five years worth of perspective. Yeah. But it's like, think about how much more you've got Exactly. And it's hard to even have one day's worth of perspective when you're in the moment. Like I couldn't imagine up any possible scenario where I would be happy again. I couldn't imagine how things would ever, ever get better from that moment. And like genuinely, it just seemed blank. I thought I was going to have a horrible life and be upset for the rest of my life. And it's shocked me just how good it could turn around to be. And I think that's, yeah, that's part of what I try to explain to people and kind of pass on that things do get better Mm. even if not physically like I'm yes I'm very very lucky that I can walk again but I still have so many physical problems that are going to be lifelong and if I was waiting for them to get better before I'd be happy then I wouldn't be happy Mm. and so it's kind of thinking that yeah you can find a way to be okay with what's happened and accept it and get on with life regardless because I know many people like Barney who are so happy regardless of whether they've healed or not. Yeah. Heaps of people. And yeah, it's so it's not really circumstantial happiness. It's kind of what, what you make it. Yeah. I think like one thing I always say to people, uh, I always preach and especially so like my girlfriend's got, uh, she's just started a makeup business. Yeah. So at by Ricky Spinks, if you listen. <laughs> and uh, so she's like started doing uh, makeup artist work. Yeah. And she's so talented. Like, she's legitimately insanely talented at it. But she hasn't had customers hitting her up. And it's like, it's literally this week. It's been like the floodgates have opened for her. Yeah, that's good. And and the whole time I've been saying, because, I mean, I started my first business the day I left high school. And I just knew, like, I was, I'm not going to work for other people. I'm just going to, I'd rather be broke, but working for myself than working for myself and have money. Yeah. And that was just what I ran on. And it's been what 11 years since I left school now and I have done that I have worked myself the whole time and I've learned so much in that time and what you just said about happiness being not being circumstantial like I would place my happiness on a goal and it's like you're not happy until you reach that goal until this happens yeah but the truth and the real uh 
the real like I don't know like the good shit is in the process yeah like you have to be happy whether or not that goal happens or not yeah and because goals are shifting yeah like, there'd always be something else you're striving for yeah. always something else so if you're waiting for it you're never gonna reach it yeah 100 yeah, percent. and yeah. like i said to ricky with the makeup stuff i was like it will happen to where like you've got talent you're working hard at it yeah it's gonna happen but if you can't you have to enjoy this process where yeah. it's like you're just on the hustle and you're doing all this shit for free and you, you're hoping you get something out of this free thing and then you don't and then you yeah. go back to the drawing board. Like, that's actually really good shit. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool place to be. Yeah. And, and you often don't realise it at the time. At the time. Yeah. And it's only in hindsight. But so many people fail because they can't look at that big picture and know, like, well, if I keep doing this for 10 years, right... Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. You can't do something wholeheartedly for 10 years and not get better. Yeah. If you're legitimately putting in the effort, you've got talent. Yeah. If you're, it's if bound you're really, to work out. It, it will happen. Yeah. You don't know how or when or when in that timeline stuff yeah. will happen, but it does. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's crazy that now like just this week she's had like a ton of people hit her up oh, and that's she's awesome. got, yeah and it's like it just it comes in a wave yeah and then then you're one step closer yeah but then when you start say you know you should book five or six people for a week and then it's like that goal then shifts you've just clicked that goal you haven't yeah. even done those jobs yet but in your head that target has been moved forward yeah. and it's the same with the podcast like at the start i'm like oh man when a thousand people listen to this I'll be so happy. And now it's like if 100,000 people don't listen to it in a month, <laughs> I've had a shit month. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's it's so shifting and it's, you have to enjoy the time when it's like, oh man, I remember it was like 300 people listened yeah. to the podcast that that one episode. I could I could literally DM all of them, yeah. you know, if you wanted to. Yeah. So, and it's like, it just shifts and you, you have to find the happiness through the process through the of process, doing yeah, the thing. For sure. And that's when you're learning so much as well and growing so much and you mm. often can't see it. Um, you know, you can only see it in hindsight. But, yeah, it's like when I was in hospital, I didn't realise at the time just how much I was gaining from the whole experience until now when I look back, I'm like, wow, like I'm so happy for that whole area of my life because I'm so much better for it. Yeah. But yeah. So I think the key is to realize as it's happening. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It, it is hard though, but I, I think like, I mean, I have, I have it all the time. Like, and I think maybe you just, I think as you do this kind of stuff now, well, like, do you feel like when you start a new thing, you've got so much more perspective when you're doing it to where it's like, it's almost is easier now. You don't have the, same hurdles that you did in the yeah. past because you've kind of you you're like oh, I know what this is like you can yeah. see it as it's happening yeah and when you've done you know things that you didn't think you could do before you're like oh well, I've already done oh, that. Yeah, yeah I'll find a way to do it yeah. yeah yeah and that's why I think like um we we speak a little bit about like I guess mental health mm-hmm. on the podcast a bit where guys have come on and they've been guys that you would never expect to have kind of demons that they battle but it's like I think that there's like I always say to people if it's the fir- if this is the first hardship that you've faced then it's like this is the battle you've really got to win yeah because once the second time you're like oh I've kind of been through it like I've yeah. seen this already I know yeah. it will get better 
but it's those i think the message really has to fall on the people that they've never been depressed they've never had a hardship they've because they're the ones that they can't have that um perspective that it does get better yeah and i think that they're the people that really need to you need to reach with i guess that like positive messaging because you're right once you do get through something insanely hard that you never thought you'd get through then it becomes a lot easier yeah and you have faith in yourself that you can get through whatever else it is i wrote about this the other day actually this is a like not a big thing in comparison but i used to be terrified of public speaking and even Mm. doing something like this i never in a million years would have thought i'd be able to do i was just really really shy and then I kind of forced myself to do pu- public speaking because I want to, yeah, I want to share my story. So I thought that's a way to do it. Um, and then as I was doing it, you know, walking up on stage, I just kind of reminded myself, like, you've been through harder things. Like, yeah. <laughs> you'll be able to do this. And you can just kind of have that internal faith that whatever you, whatever you come across next, you know that you just know that things will always work out, even if you can't see how at the time. Yeah, yeah. And I always say too, like, you know where a no leads you Mm. like you can go on stage for public speaking and you're like man this could change my life this could be only make my life only marginally better this could make my life a little bit worse but yeah it's not until you do a thing that you know what the outcome will be yeah but if you don't do a thing yeah then you know exactly you're right there yeah so it's like you sort of that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I think of it all the time. Like, if you, it's like, who is it? Like Ernie Dingo or something? You never, never know <laughs> if you never, never go. But it's so true. Like, you know where a no leads. Yeah, you, you know no you're going to be in the same spot. Exactly right where you are. Ah, oh, that's a great and, way to yeah, look at it. And it, but a yes, if you Could say yes to something, endless possibilities. Endless possibilities. Yeah. Like you just don't know where that yes yeah. could take you. Oh. And there's there's so many things that, I mean, there's so much shit I've done in my life where. I've just gone, fuck it, I'm doing it. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Like, even perfect example, I went to Thailand, right? Mm-hmm. So I went there for a jiu-jitsu camp. So I trained for seven days with, like, one of the best coaches in the world. Yeah. I had all this shit that I should have been doing that I'd <laughs> clipped to go to Thailand. <laughs> and then I was did a podcast with this guy. The audience of Gypsy Tales does not really care about jiu-jitsu. And I was like, <laughs> but I just love, I love it. And this coach is amazing and I just mm. wanted to speak to him. But then when I was there, I heard that Mark Hunt was in town, who's like, you probably don't know. I don't uh, know he's I a <laughs> UFC. He's like a UFC heavyweight. Yeah. So he's like one of Australia's most well-known UFC dudes. Yeah. I love the UFC. Right. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to extend my trip and I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to just rock up to this gym. Yeah. And I'm just oh, gonna... wait, you didn't know this guy? No, I didn't oh. know him at all. Ah, Not cool. from a bar of <laughs> And I just walked up and I was like, hey, man, I'm Jace. I have a podcast called Gypsy Tales and yeah, come on it if you can. And he said yes. And he's like, yeah, righto. So then it's like, it's stuff like that to where, and I mean, even the day before, like I extended my flight and I was fucked from training. Like we just trained for four hours a day for seven days. Oh my God. And I got there two out, two days early and I trained with uh, Lockie, the coach and his wife live for like two hours a day before that as well yeah, so right. i was jacked and then i was sitting down the ac broke in the hotel room <laughs> i was staying with a guy from finland in like a tiny little shack and i was just like i just i was over it i was like you know what i want to come home it was yeah. so hot i had to walk for a kilometer with 
all my shit to the gym to do this podcast and there was like buses beeping at me and I was just like, you know what, fuck this. I don't even know if this dude's going to do it. But it's like, if I if I didn't go there and if I didn't extend my flight, if I didn't do all that, yeah. well, I know what would have happened. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing would have happened. But you go there, you put yourself on the line and if even at worst case scenario, you're back where you started. Yeah. That's what I always think. What's the worst case scenario? For example, if my public speaking didn't work out, what's the worst case scenario? I stumble on stage and it's awkward. Like that's literally it. And so but, what? And you're going to grow from that <laughs> yeah, too though. Yeah. Like, and there's still and growth in that. it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 So oh, I'm really going to remember what you just said. It's yeah, a great way to look at things. It's a, it's, and it's easy. It's an easy way of looking at something. It's like, do you want to go for a surf today? Nah. Then you're the same. Yeah. <laughs> you're just the same. You're the same, right? Yeah. You stay exactly where you are. And it's like, I think to, to grow, you have to constantly add to the, to the experiences yeah. of your life. And you just don't like, God, if you're a single dude, you could meet a chick out surfing that you could, yeah. you could then that's your fucking soulmate. If you believe in that yeah, kind of stuff, exactly. It's, you and just, you just don't know until you do it. But yeah. what, the only certainty is where that no goes and that's yeah. nowhere. Oh, I'm going to write a big thing about that on Instagram tonight. Just you wait. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> How much stuff like, would, were you depressed at all when you were in the hospital or you kind of like mentally just got your head around it pretty quickly and then started on yeah. that positivity sort of in hospital totally happy as I said weirdly but then when I got home I guess is when it kind of started to really sink in because I had to go back to normal life back to my house um which you know I couldn't shower properly I couldn't mm. you know reach the cupboards in my house and going back to my old house and old life and realizing that I was totally different physically but also mentally, mentally. that was what was really hard and because I think you kind of even though you know you're not going to be the same in hospital you're like oh when I get home things will be back to normal and life will just go on but you realize that that's not true at all you're never going to be the same and yeah, so it's you can't fit back in your old life. You kind of have to create a new one. And that's where I really started to struggle. And that's why I actually moved to the Gold Coast because yeah. I just wanted fresh start. a fresh start. I just wanted a fresh start where – and I think back then, like now when people hear about my, about my accident, they're like, oh, wow, like you're so inspirational, incredible. I can't believe you went through that. And it's a positive thing. But back then it was like, oh, like, yeah, oh, this is the skydive okay. girl. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, like <laughs> I didn't want that. So I just wanted a fresh start where no one knew me. No one knew what had happened and it wasn't a bad thing. And it was since I moved here when people started looking at, at it as a good thing because yeah. I became the person that I wanted to be rather than just like, oh, the poor skydive accident girl. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been, have you ever had a dude hit you up in a bar and be like, oh, did it hurt? Oh my God. Yes. Has when you fell. Happened? Yeah. yeah. Someone, oh, it happened so once good. and I was like, I've been waiting for this moment. Like, did you hurt when it fell? And I was like, yeah. It actually, did. it fucking did. It I'm, fucking I'm a paraplegic hurt. now. Yeah, I know. And then I just said that and then just walked off and I was like, he can ponder that. Um, yeah. Hilarious. You should have, oh, you had to tell that, you had to tell that dude the full story. I know. I hope it happens again because like. That would funny. be amazing. I know. Because yeah, I, I thought that when I saw your Instagram thing, the girl that fell from the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck, I hope some dude yeah. has hit her up and be like, did it hurt? 
Yeah. And then you when like, it happened, I was like, is this real? This is my moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. You had to relish that <laughs> yeah, one. So great. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I don't know if people use pickup lines. Anymore. Apparently, that, they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's still a thing. I don't get picked up much, but that one day. Mm. And I was like, great pickup line choice. <laughs> how was how the dating sort of world? Like, did you have a boyfriend when it happened? or like, I did at the time. Yeah. yeah okay. But that didn't, yeah, didn't work out. But since then, it's been. Well, I don't know. It's been kind of, it's kind of hard, well, harder than it was, I guess, because you're trying to bring someone into your life and you have all these kind of, even though it doesn't look like it from the outside, but all these ongoing problems and stuff, which are totally fine. And I know that people are so okay with it, but I guess it is harder to bring people into that. Because, like, just mm. dating in general is hard. Like, it's hard to be a single girl in 2018. Yeah, I don't really know how Gold people... Coast anyway. I don't know how people meet people. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Yeah, if you're not on Tinder, how do you meet people? Um, Yeah, but it's it's been fine. Like, everyone's been... Not that there's been many guys, but, like, really caring and accommodating to what I need and... Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, mm. I, I wondered, like, it, it it's just hard enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just to be yeah. a single anyone these days, really. Mm. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, preaching. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hey, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so when you moved down to the Gold Coast, mm-hmm. is that when things, like, really turned around? Like, you had a fresh start to where it's almost like people didn't know the old you, so it was yeah. just like they yeah. just got to know you from yeah, now. that as well, because... I guess when I was around people who always knew me as the old me, I it's kind of hard to become someone new when people know you as a certain thing. Mm. So when I moved here, I was – and it wasn't that I was faking who I was at all. I genuinely was a new person. And I, yeah, became this – became this person that people know me as now. And so even when I tell my friends now about what I used to be like, they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, they just can't imagine it at all because I am so different. So that, yeah, that really helped moving. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I could see that then there's people that aren't going to feel sorry for you because you're like the old you. Cause I, I feel like not that I've ever obviously been through that, but it's like, it seems like that'd be the last thing you'd want is for people to, treat you differently yeah yeah and people yeah people did they because I know you know I used to be around people when I could run and do all these sports and do things and then when they'd see me like no one's ever been rude at all but when they'd see me you'd be like oh like she can't do this anymore yeah. and whereas now it's just like ah oh, this is what she can do that's her yeah like yeah it's a different kind of vibe did you have you kind of started to or like did you start to go like all right I did this before and now it's like going to be kind of hard, but I'm going to have a crack at getting back into this or cause you like surf and stuff now and like paddle. I try. <laughs> well, you, you paddleboard um, more than surf or. I kind of just float on the board and paddle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's been for the first few if years. If it makes you feel any better, 90% of people that go surfing just float and paddle. I love it. I wouldn't be mad if I never caught a wave. I just love floating out Yeah, I feel like 90% of people really yeah. can't surf yeah. that actually go out there to yeah, surf. Yeah, but it so, doesn't even matter. People yeah. are always like, are you going to get one in? I'm like, I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm loving it. Um, but yeah, for the first few years, I kind of felt just because what doctors and people tell you what you can do. Mm. So I just thought, okay, that's fact. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. But then... I guess in the past maybe two years, I've kind of thought, well, why don't I try? <laughs> why mm. don't I see what I can do? So I've started, yeah, I started doing things like 
going for mountain walks or um, like going to waterfalls, things, just little things that people have said like, no, you won't be able to walk up hills. You won't be able to walk on rocky ground. Like just little things like that. And I thought, well, I'm just going to try. And yeah, for surfing, I did try surf. Um, and I can kind of catch a wave if it's on a really, really big board. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what else? It's mainly just hiking that I've really grown to love, which is something that I definitely didn't think yeah. I'd be able to do. Yeah. Did you like it before? Um, was there, is there that much places to hike in Canberra? Not as much as there is here, but I guess I just love nature a whole lot more now. It's just one of those, like, as I said, appreciation for life, appreciation for everything in nature. Everything just like astounds me now. Yeah. Yeah. So I just love being out in it. <laughs> so are you like reading a lot of stuff all the time? Like, are you constantly trying to, because you write a lot of posts about like gratitude and happiness and things like that. Yeah. Is it stuff that you like research and look into and are you, you know, kind of reading a lot of different nah. stuff or it's nah. just, I these just, are just your own. Yeah, I just of, talk about whatever comes to my mind. Have, um, you, have you thought about like writing your own books and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I am writing a book. It's a very long process. Yeah. So I don't know how long, probably take years, but Is yeah. it you, like just your story from sort of start yeah. to finish? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I haven't really finished because I don't know. When I've, to stop. Yeah. It. I don't know when to stop. I feel like the end of the story hasn't happened yet. Like I yeah. feel like I'm still living it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I know like Barney and Kata just did their book and yeah. I guess like kind of come full circle when they like both obviously like met each other and then they got married. So I feel like their wedding's kind of like the yeah. the finishing yeah. sort of point Maybe of my that. wedding will yeah. be my end. <laughs> Need a boyfriend first. <laughs> she's she's looking, guys. She's looking. <laughs> Look out. Uh, do you hit up like the bars and stuff in Burley? No, I'm a granny. Like I don't go out. Oh, there's so many good yeah. spots in Burley. Mm, Justin Lane. Are you in Burley? To. You're no, in Burley. We right? just moved to Palm Beach. Oh, okay. Well, a well, year it's pretty, ago. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. There's heaps of cool spots. I'm just so not many good really spots. a drinker, so I don't yeah. really go out much at night. <laughs> yeah. There's there's definitely like good I guess not like you have to meet a dude at a bar, but <laughs> there's like definitely some cool places to kinda to kinda hang. But you guys do so much like different shit anyway. Yeah, we're always out doing things, just not in that scene, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? to it seems like you and l and like you you've got like a really cool crew yeah that you roll with like are you i guess like how important was it to find that crew and then yeah i have always them kind of push you through yeah before i moved up here i kind of thought that i don't know i just had the idea that if you weren't friends from school or from when you were mm. kids that you weren't that good friends like yeah. i just thought that um adult relationships and friendships I guess were kind of surface level I didn't realize that you could meet someone later on in life not that we're late in life but you know what I mean so old (laughs) so old and really like really have that connection I don't know I just had that idea when I moved up here so I was like oh I'm sure I'll have friends but I didn't think I would make that's crazy you can meet people and be like best friends in a day I don't know why I had this idea but I just did um and then when I met all my friends that I have now like we're we're honestly a family yeah Every day when I come home, there's people like our house is just an open house. There's always people there that don't live there. And it's just, it's great to be surrounded by such, yeah, positive people. And who I met Beck, um, she's probably first who I met in our group because she worked at, do you know Making Strides? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think Brad went there. Yeah, and Barney um, goes there as well. Yeah, yeah. Beck um, is an exercise. I think you were, I think I was there when Barney was last here. 
and you were actually there. I like saw it on Instagram. You were out making shots. Yeah, oh. but when you were there, oh. but I was there with Barney like super quickly because he was he he started like I think he made some like really big progress the last time he was at making strides. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Oh, so we were there but, same day. Yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. Mm. Um, but yeah. So Beck was the exercise physiologist there, and yep. she used to train me, and that's how we met. So we became really good friends because obviously we just get along really well and have heaps of fun but she also had that understanding of what I was going through what I could and couldn't do and could also help me like she massages my feet every day and stretches me so having friends like that that kind of understand and can help you it's yeah it's really cool yeah are you because Elle does the yoga stuff she's like crazy into all that (laughs) yeah but like so do you do yoga and stuff as well with her or uh no no i'm not really a yoga person actually i went to yoga the other day weirdly which i never do that's Um, crazy because like you'd think being her friend because she's like yeah pretty pretty well yoga famous well she's yeah more um into like her stretching guide and stretching Mm. not necessarily yoga but yeah i do yeah i do that um but yeah it's not really something we bond over i guess (laughs) guess, as people probably assume we do well yeah i just figured you'd kind of jump on jump on the program with with that stuff (laughs) but is that something that helps you now like do you get a lot of like muscle tightness and stuff in your legs yeah if i'm not stretching or getting massages like every few days i will be really really sore and not it's not even sore because i can't feel a lot but, but it's you like can, stiffness like yeah you, you and you can actually. notice my walking is a lot worse like after coming back from europe we were gone for three weeks and it was a lot more walking than normal and not getting massages and things like that my walking was really really not bad but worse than normal yeah 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 so it's kind of a it's an ongoing like maintenance you have to keep keep doing these kind of things yeah yeah like how much time are you dedicating to your injury every day oh heaps even if it doesn't like even if it's not going to rehab or something specific like that there's heaps people always say to me yeah what do you do every day and it's kind of in some ways a full-time job dealing with injury like this yeah Yeah. even like the toilet like bladder bowel stuff takes up so much time like an hour each morning on the toilet and things like that really it takes an hour yeah a bit less now but it did in the start and most yeah most people that's how long it has to take um and yeah massages um acupuncture stretching things like that yeah and as well as um gym like if i yeah if i stop kind of strengthening my muscles they fade quickly yeah. (laughs) yeah so what kind of gym stuff are you doing um well i go to the gym now with beck as well so she can kind of help me do Mm. weights and stuff that i can do but i i'm lucky that i'm at the point now where it doesn't really have to be specific spinal rehab so i can kind of do regular gym classes and just modify them how i need so yeah yeah, i'm pretty lucky that i can do any kind of exercise yeah and are you like getting you can tell you're getting like stronger and stuff with that as well yeah so part of my legs are still paralyzed so my calves still don't work which is why I can't run or jump because I can't go up on my toes but the muscles that are working like my quads are definitely my strongest muscle I can strengthen them but the ones that aren't firing like quads there's not I mean calves there's not really much I can do for that um because that's more nerve than than strength yeah but I can just strengthen the ones that are there so that's what I try to do so do you think that is there still a chance that you'll get the calf uh like feeling back or 
are you think at this point like you've kind of got everything back that you're gonna get um well medical wise they definitely say no like they kind of give you and this is another thing i don't like they give you a two-year window to get better and then after that they say you'll kind of just stay the same so medically there's no reason why it would come back but i don't doubt that things can improve yeah can you have you felt it improve past that two-year window um yes my walking has definitely got better um but yeah the feeling hasn't gotten any better and the calves haven't come back at all since then um but yeah and even if naturally things don't get better the rate that um I don't know what do you call it research, research yeah. happening. I think by the end of our lifetime there'll be something for sure. Man, do you pay much attention to like that kind of stuff? A little bit. I don't know too much about it, but I know that it's all happening pretty. There's like quick. crazy shit that's yeah. going down. Like they're like three D printing organs. Yeah, like, exactly. Like we're living in a good time. <laughs> yeah, like if you get, if you have an injury, like it's obviously the time to do it. Like yeah. The the. And I, I feel like there's a lot of money that goes into it these days yeah. as well. Like there's a lot of awareness because you do some stuff like Red Bull Wings for Life and that, don't you? Yeah, you I did, love Wings did you for do, Life. Did you do World Run? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that the last four years. Love it. Yeah, Have you right. done it? No, I haven't done it. I've worked. Oh, you like, Red Bull is like my main client oh, on the cool. filmmaking side yeah. of things. So I, I just haven't got a chance to do it. But I, yeah. I really want to do it. I, I want to do something with the podcast and Wings for Life. Yeah, you so should. Maybe it's like, incredible. We should get like maybe me, you, Barney, yeah. you know, like try and get everyone together, do like a, a Wings for Life, like maybe a post Wings for Life podcast yeah, where we all, we all do it and yeah. try and raise some money for it. Yeah. But there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of effort that goes into that kind of uh, research and fundraising yeah. these days. Yeah. Which is... It's exciting that, yeah, I think that we will see a lot and not even for me, like I, if I never get any better in my life, I'm totally fine with that. But I would love to see the friends that I've made that I've only ever known in wheelchairs. Like mm. imagine being able to call them up and say, Hey, you want to go for a walk? Like, yeah, I, I would just love to see that for them. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's it been like become like having the social media following that you have because you're still young and it's got to be weird to be able to talk to the amount of people that or like reach the amount of people that you reach like is it still a weird kind of relationship that you have with social media in a way well I kind of forget like because I just put things up that I write and put it online and I don't really think about what I'm posting I just write whatever I feel I kind of forget that people are actually reading it and it's not until I meet people in the street or do a talk or something in person and people come up and say like oh you've helped me in this way or or people will even cry sometimes and that's when it really hits me like oh wow like what I'm saying is reaching actual real life people so it's still weird kind of coming to terms with that that it's real (laughs) I I don't know if that makes sense but yeah I don't know it's been it's been nice. It's really good to always have, no matter what I'm doing, people are so supportive and encouraging mm. and that's really, really cool. And I think it's definitely helped with my um, recovery in a way because there's just been so much support from strangers and I'm really, yeah, I'm really lucky to have that. Do you think about how weird it is though in a way? Like, and not saying it's negative, mm. but it, it is weird to, and we all do it. Like even me, like I put this podcast out to like 
100,000 people a month and I don't fucking know. <laughs> and But they know me yeah. in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. there's now... I mean, this would be the 35th or 36th oh, wow. podcast that I've done. Yeah. And it's like, they're all about three hours long. So it's wow, like, that's really? like, oh yeah, we're oh. in, we're, yeah, we're an hour in already. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's like, that's hundreds of hours of like me talking yeah, they about get to know you. super personal shit or yeah. like dumb shit, but though they know like yeah. the people that, that listen mm-hmm. and it's like, it's weird for me to i'm on like even a micro scale to the level that you talk to and even so like we did the podcast with kerry hart the other day and that come out and to see like the comments that he got it's like hundreds of comments on his instagram like thousands and thousands of likes and it's like it's it's a weird time to be alive in that sense that like we're talking to strangers and like there's a thing have you ever heard of dunbar's law no so he said that you can only remember 150 names. Really? You, you, your brain only, not names, sorry, like people. So there's only room in our consciousness yeah. to actually know 150 people. Outside of that, you can't know that more. Really? Huh. So it's like you've got, what, 100 and something, something thousand? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we're, we're blowing out this number of like what's, <laughs> you're supposed to be able to know yeah so it's it's weird weird. yeah and as you said it's weird that you don't know these people but they in a way feel like they know you which is cool that um that you can be yourself enough that people feel like they're your friend like it's really cool because sometimes when people come up to me they'll they'll say things about my life and i'm like how do you like how do you know that (laughs) and i'm like oh like it's it's cool and they feel like we're They're friends, a part which of is the yeah. Journey, yeah. So yeah, it's really cool, but it is yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> and have you? Do you worry about, like, say, like oh, I never feel alone because I've got all these people that I can talk to and stuff? Do you worry that that's something that you could like lean on or hold you back from, or like even stop you from being alone? Which is probably a valid yeah. emotion to no, feel. No, I love being alone. <laughs> I no, I don't I don't know I don't think that I really think about social media that much or it's I don't know people often especially friends that I have from like way back in school when we hang out it kind of seems I guess from all they see of my life that social media is a huge part of my life and it's really not like Mm. it's just something that I post things to sometimes and like I like I absolutely am so grateful that I have that audience and people who support me so much, but it's not like I'm not relying on it yeah. for anything. It's but it, it's definitely like uh, um, I think that's messing up the body. <laughs> um, I think that we're in a time now, like especially with like the Insta model kind of thing, and yeah. like there's chicks out there with like millions of people yeah. watching them, and and I mean I know girls that. Like they need that validation, mm. and it's th- it's not can, healthy. No, nah, you can you can get in trouble with it. Yeah, and, and I don't think that I'm not saying you've fall into a similar category, but I think that there's definitely some weird stuff going on with that whole social media world. That yeah. it's like if you aren't on top of it and know what it's about and what it's for then you can really start to get into trouble with that, like needing the validation yeah. that comes with it. Yeah, it's not healthy at all. I think people need to remember that, yeah, once you put your phone down, 
you know, who are you then? Yeah. Like who are the people that are around you in real life? And are you happy with or without that? Yeah. Yeah. It should just be one small part of life and not the whole <laughs> the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, you see people where it's like that's all they do. That's yeah. like everything their work comes from there, their communication comes from there with people and they're like relying on posting pictures and then getting likes and talking about how many likes they got versus how many post this how many uh, likes this post got and it's like eesh yeah it's a bit scary like i'm sure that like there's so many people who i know who use it for good and there's so many good things that can come from it and so many opportunities which is awesome but yeah i think it's just remembering balance (laughs) yeah real life and that yeah yeah not many people in that world i think care to find the balance i don't know i know this is what people often say to me and i i know so many like most of my friends that i've met through social media and most of my like best friends now are on social media and they're all just such legends i don't yeah. know i feel like maybe there's a part of social media that i don't yeah, really the dark part know, yeah, the, know about yeah. i don't know because to me it's been a great experience and yeah. everyone i've met through it has been epic so yeah i've definitely I've, I've definitely had like um nothing but positive experiences through that and and even like i don't find myself like oh i wish i had their life like that kind of you know yeah, you, you hear just, that kind of stuff yeah. sometimes but definitely like i know a lot of people where it's like damn you guys got you got some work to do yeah when it comes to that kind yeah. of stuff i think when social media first kind of came out and it first got really big people would see someone's life and think oh they've got it all it's all perfect yeah but i think now well, from what I've noticed anyway, people start to real talk more and you realise yeah. that, you know, there's a whole life behind certain photos and no one's life is perfect. And Well, I think one of the one of the posts that really like, it was like shocking, but in a good way was when you posted the photo where you'd like wet your pants at ah, like, like lunch yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, that to me was, that's like ballsy for one because... Yeah. See, I didn't really think anything of it it's just yeah but i mean that, but I, I guess that's why you do have a healthy relationship of it because you're not actively thinking about that kind of stuff but it's like so many people are just posting like the highlight reel and yeah. then here you are posting like <laughs> just me uh, and my pee pants yeah but i'm i'm <laughs> yeah. sure that's like a heavy thing for you to deal with and to put that out to that many people and yeah show them the realities of like what you deal with well i guess that's part of the reason i do it because i never really get any negative comments as a lot of people do on social media so i'm really lucky in that sense but one thing that people do say which is probably as negative as it gets is people just think that i'm like faking my injury for a story Mm. or that you know i'm totally fine now so i can't you know i can't keep talking about my injury because i've completely recovered and people kind of think that it's not an ongoing thing which is fine that people think that if they don't know anything about spinal cord injuries yeah but i think that's part of the reason i talk about it because there's so many parts to a spinal cord injury that you that you can't see and i know from experience talking to other people in wheelchairs and stuff that something they're all very well not everyone but most people are really embarrassed and ashamed to admit is all the bladder and bowel stuff that goes on and i don't know why i just don't care like I don't know why I don't feel embarrassment I'm just lucky I don't know why I don't but so that's why I kind of wanted to talk about it more um so hopefully less people can feel embarrassed by it I don't know if that makes sense yeah yeah no it it does because it's like it's 
people can feel like they should hide from something. Yeah. If it's the norm yeah. to hide from and it. But then like, if you're putting it out there, it's like, no, you don't have to hide from this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's real. Well, for me, it's something that happens literally every single day. So I imagine it's the same for a lot of other people. But if you're not hearing about it or no it's one's like outside, talking about it, it's, it's like, oh, I better not tell anyone about that. And even it doesn't have to be on social media, obviously, like I did, but people I've found don't even tell people close to them that they um, are incontinent, that they pee themselves. And I can't even imagine hiding that from people close to you because well, for me, as I said, it's every single day. Yeah. Like if I was putting in so much effort to hide it from people oh, and getting exhausting. ashamed to be around people, it would be so exhausting. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not trying to say that everyone needs to put on social media but i would love for people to be able to feel more open with their friends and family so they don't need to feel embarrassed in their everyday life did you get that response from people like other people that had similar issues to where they were like fuck maybe i can like talk about it yeah someone said to me that they told their this really shocked me their husband of 10 years or something they finally told them that they're incontinent. And I was like, how have you hid this for 10 years from your husband? That would take so so much energy. Yeah. And so I just imagine the relief that they feel after that, being able to be open about something like that. And another girl said to me in person, actually, I met this girl and she said to me that she was deaf or part deaf in one ear or something, actually in both ears, but one, she could wear a hearing aid and then she could hear a little bit, but she was always too embarrassed to wear her hearing aid. So really? she so she didn't. So she went around just a bit deaf. And then she told me that after I shared about using catheters and all that, that she felt more comfortable to wear her hearing aid. So now she can hear. And I was like, whoa, like it just astounds me, the things that people get embarrassed about that you really don't need to. <laughs> like yeah. medical stuff, it's not, you know, anyone's fault the medical things you need to deal with so why should we need to be embarrassed by certain things mm. yeah so when she told me that i was like okay wow well if that post helped her with that i should definitely talk about this more yeah 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 it was that was one where it's like it, it really became real to like you could see your intentions for the way that you post and the things that you say it's like they're wasn't anything contrived or like it's not didn't seem like oh this chick's doing this for attention or that's anything. what people said to me i'm like look if i wanted attention i think there's better things to get attention for than peeing your pants like, yeah what a thing to be known for but to, <laughs> to me it seemed like that was yeah that almost gave me like the opposite yeah it's like well this is super real like you wouldn't you wouldn't post this if you were doing it for any other reason yeah. than just like this is what it is yeah it's just sharing the truth because i talk about all the other aspects i guess and that that is something that i don't i think i forget that um people on social media don't know that aspect of my life as well because in my life it's so real and happening like so currently i mean so frequently throughout mm. the day so my friends and everyone know fully about it but on social media if i don't talk about it no one would know about it, but I can forget because it's such a prominent part of my life. So then when I shared that, I, yeah, I didn't even, I just assumed that everyone would already know that that's kind of something that I was dealing with, but yeah, yeah, people didn't obviously because I didn't talk about it. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to be able to inform people of something they didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
like you were on like the project and so it's like it seems like you're starting to like become more of like a public figure in this kind of world I guess yeah well I just love talking about it and kind of sharing the story and I think that I I guess why I talk about it is because I got so much from a near-death experience and living in a spinal ward and I've learned so much from those experiences and living with an injury that I'd love to share that with other people so other people can learn those same lessons but without having to go through something so traumatic to learn them so I guess that's why I kind of like talking about it yeah and Mm. I mean it's awesome like you need people like yourself to do it and even like uh yeah we had this guy Robbie Madison on who's like crazy he's like the evil can evil of right now <laughs> and you know he was talking about like depression and and uh concussions and different things and it, you you do like even for me like I put out, out the podcast and then I get all the, every episode you get all the DMs of people that are listening to it and yeah taking out their little bits out of it yeah and it's like it almost takes like the person that you would never expect to deal with something for then it to become like relatable yeah. to the per like this pretty blonde girl that lives on the beach in the Gold Coast talking about <laughs> all this stuff. It's almost yeah. like you would never expect that person to be going through what they yeah. go through. And it's it almost it's like the more shocking or the more it's shocking is probably not the word, but the more it seems like that person wouldn't be a spokesperson for that particular cause, the more likely it is for people to listen. Yeah. Like when you see Robbie Madison, like there's people that just idolize this dude. He's a hero. And then you hear him talk about depression. And like, I got messages from people saying like, I've told my family that I've had depression my whole life. Wow. Off that. Wow. And it's like, because if Robbie Madison can get depressed then maybe it's okay for me to be and i think it just reminds people that everyone's got something everyone's going through Mm. something in no one's life especially when they see a hero or an idol yeah and they realize they've got stuff going on as well they realize no one's got it all together yeah for sure so it helps people with whatever they're going through and i think like i started thinking about this um with all like the suicides and stuff that we were seeing in celebrities yeah the last couple of years and it's like you society tells all these celebrities like you've got everything yeah oh your life must be amazing and then they're going well i feel like shit yeah so it's like i've got everything and i still feel nothing then it's like well what else can i get to make Mm. this better if i've got everything well where do i go from here yeah well the answer is i close the curtains on this motherfucker Mm. and i'm out and it's so it's like this it's like a slippery slope eh, of telling people or like the perception that everyone's okay or just because you have x y and z the money the cars the fame that that's the recipe to be happy yeah and it's not and it's not everyone does have those issues and it's like i wonder if that sort of mentality of like that you know you worship these people and you tell them they have everything is that the reason we're seeing people you know kill themselves in these yeah you know this like their celebrities they've got everything yeah yeah and i think well from what i've noticed anyway a lot more people are opening up about stuff these days which is great and i think will really help um but yeah it's really sad (laughs) yeah and it it does seem like there is 
more of a like we're pulling away the filter yeah in a way yeah everyone's kind of being more real because even like with Elle on Instagram like she talks a lot about like anxiety and and a lot of that kind yeah. of stuff and it's like it, it really wasn't cool to talk about it there was a stigma for a yeah. long time and now it's like oh okay we can kind of talk about anything <laughs> that's going on why do you think that is like what changed I don't know I feel like as a whole society, everyone's a lot more accepting these days. I don't know why that is, but everyone is kind of, yeah, accepting of whatever people are going through and there's less discrimination. Well, that's what I've noticed anyway. But does it frustrate you? Because I think the same thing. Um, I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a human being on planet yeah, Earth. Yeah, we're very lucky. It's the, the, the best time ever yeah. for the vast majority of the world. Yeah. And does it frustrate you when you, like, do you follow much of, like, the negativity that kind of does come up and, like, even with, like, the, um, you know, you hear people still talk about racism, you'll still talk about, like, transphobia, you'll still talk about all these issues and it's like, man, like, it, we're pretty good. Like, yeah. when's the last time you saw a racist action in the street in public? Yeah, well, I don't know, but I guess we're, yeah, we're very lucky here in Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it would be like elsewhere, but yeah, I guess it all <laughs> does still go on. But in our little bubble here, yeah, yeah, things are improving. But it seems mm. like it's in these bubbles because, I mean, I lived in the States for like six years, seven years, and it's like the people that have it the best are the ones that whinge the most. Yeah, maybe. And yeah. I'm like, we don't need to be negative no. about like we this is the good time people are accepting you can go on social media and talk about depression and anxiety yeah. and and people support you and people will yeah. support you and it so it, i don't know it seems like someone's pushing a narrative that that's not the case yeah and yeah to me, in that's my experience yeah it is the case that people are very accepting um but yeah that's just my experience, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. But I think it, that's mm. most people. Yeah. Like, and obviously there is still prejudice and there is still negative stuff that goes on, but it's yeah. like, I, I don't think it will ever completely go away. Yeah. There is human nature. Yeah. That is at play in those kind of. Yeah. Like, it's that's just, just <laughs> how people are wired. Like, yeah. there is negativity. You'll yeah. never stamp out. Yeah, all negativity but it just seems like nowadays we're, we're we are super lucky yeah i feel like it's really improving yeah mm. hopefully <laughs> yeah i think so yeah what what gets like what does get you fired up these days what's stuff that you're like really working towards what's oh what gets me fired up is it in a good way or a bad way no like good way like yeah like fires you up what motivates you um oh i don't know i think something that I'm well, what I'm most passionate about I would say is spinal cord injuries yep. and um talking about that um and kind of I want to find more ways which I haven't really done yet but I want to find more ways to help raise money for mm. that and help find a cure for as I said just people that I know in wheelchairs I'm like I would love to see you walking yeah like that gets me going <laughs> and mm. so are you involved with like certain charities and stuff like that? Or is that part of like the public speaking thing that you want to do more of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think I haven't really touched. I've done some stuff with the Perry Cross 
foundation raised some money for that because he's incredible but I haven't really done much myself yet but yeah doing more speaking which I've only just started this year really is what I yeah that's what I want to kind of get more into more involved in are you at the stage where you need to get like management or something to sort of help you kind of um get this stuff going yeah I have yeah I have people that help me because I'm yeah I'm not very good business-wise and in organizing things I'm a very unorganized person (laughs) like it's really bad um so yeah I have people who help me with that kind of stuff but yeah Hmm. you gotta yeah it's like because it is a process to like I mean you could sit here and be like all right I want to help do this but it's like you've you've got to start to kind of get the ball rolling exactly and And I don't always know I always can see like the end goal but I can't see how to get there so you need people who help Mm. you with that yeah 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 I feel like yeah, you're probably getting to the stage now where oh, pardon me. Um, you will need to get some people to kind of help you go yeah. through it. Because at the end of the day, like you were 20 when the injury happened and so much of your life has been consumed with like getting better. Yeah. And then I guess through the social media stuff, you're like, oh, okay, I do have a voice. I do have a platform. Yeah. I do like, I guess people resonate with what you're saying. But it's yeah. like you, it's not like you were this business person. No, that, Like not at you all. had a background in. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. And I still kind of feel like I'm 20. And I guess, as you just said, because for, fu- for the past five years, I've kind of just been in this rehab. Your life's been on bubble, hold almost. And it's been on hold. And I haven't gone to uni like most of my friends. And I haven't been working all these, I guess, regular jobs that, you know, I would have done otherwise. And I feel like I've, not that I've, missed out not that I'm sad about missing out but I feel like I've missed out on a lot of general life lessons you learn from 20 to 25 and it's really hard to explain and imagine unless you've kind of been through something like that but I really do feel like I yeah I'm still 20 in a way but then on the other hand I feel a lot older because of what I've been through but yeah I feel like I've missed out on a lot of things that other people have learned even the other day we went to a bar in I was in Melbourne on the weekend went to a bar and I was just looking around I was like I have never been to a place like this like I just forget that there's people out on the weekends going out drinking things like that like it's just a thing that I I miss that whole stage yeah and it's really bizarre and I'm still kind of learning things that I'm thinking oh like miss that (laughs) yeah Yeah. that I could see that you'd be like so naive to some stuff yeah but so wise in other areas yeah it's weird sometimes yeah sometimes I feel a lot older, older and I feel are. like I've been through a lot that has kind of aged me but then yeah on the other hand I'm like I'm just 20 I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> yeah yeah I could see how that mm. that would work yeah it's weird do you ever have like a lot of negative thoughts or do you have times where you do like hit rough patches or have you kind of you feel like you've kind of ironed all those kinks out now and you're kind yeah, of spend I, the majority of the time being pretty upbeat about everything. Yeah, I think after five years, I've really just gotten used to my injury, I guess, and learned how to live with it as I as I need to. But for the first few years, things yeah could be really frustrating, just kind of trying to adapt to a body that doesn't work the way that you're used to it working and trying to um, learn how to do all new things. But now I... I don't know, nothing really gets me down. Things can be frustrating still, but um, yeah, yeah, I think I've just gotten used to it. Yeah, what yeah. what stuff does get frustrating? 
Um, just sometimes when I want to do things that I can't do or because I was always really sporty and active before my accident, um, seeing things, even one thing which doesn't really make me upset, but I just think, oh, like I really want to do that is when I'm at the beach and I see someone running along the beach. Like Mm. it's just something so simple, but I'm like, I would love to do that. Like it would mean the world to me to go for a run. Um, so things like that can be just a bit like, yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Not really sad anymore, but just like, uh, oh, well, like that's not what I can do. But then you just have to flip it and think of, you know, all the things I am still lucky enough to be able to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I mean, I guess, I suppose after all this time, you, I guess you've just been used to the limitations and yeah, everything's kind of just my new normal. Mm. Like, I don't remember how it feels to walk without a limp or to walk with feeling in your legs. I don't remember. Really? So you couldn't rem- like you, you don't, f- you, cause I guess you could remember in a way, but you couldn't feel the feeling. Yeah. I couldn't makes, feel the feeling. Yeah. And I don't remember how it feels to, to pee, like to mm. pee normally. Cause now I need to use catheters. I genuinely don't remember like how you do that. It's so bizarre. Everything that my body now is just my normal. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty crazy the way that your like the human body can like kind of just keep trucking yeah. with, with injuries that way. Yeah, and it finds a way around things. Like I didn't realize that you could walk without calf muscles, but my body is somehow adapted to just use all these other muscles instead. It's yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, do you but so you, like, how do your muscles stay there when you they're not being used? Like, because you'd still have calf muscles, right? Well, I'm sure, yeah, they're, they're still there, but they're, they're very, like, what's the word, atrophied? Atrophy, like, very yeah. small. And if you feel my calf, it's just, like, um, jiggly. It's just, like, fat. No, there's no hard muscle bit in yeah, there anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, yeah. Mm. You, you kind of think, because even, like, when they say, like, you're when you like balance or whatever, like how much your toes even yeah. like come into play with like balance. Yeah. My balance used to be really hard because you use the feeling in your legs to balance, which I didn't realize. But so now I've kind of just gotten used to it, but my balance used to be so bad. Like I'd fall over all the time. But if I was to stand up now and close my eyes, I wouldn't be out of balance. Really? Yeah. Nah. And my feet are yeah constantly kind of grabbing at the ground my feet actually are probably one of the main problems i have my toes are in a constant i don't know what you call it like claw position yeah, right. which gets it's really odd because i can't feel my feet as such but i can feel a pain in like kind of in the bottom of my foot and up up my calf because they're constantly clawed and constantly really tight so yeah. that's probably one of the main issues i guess which is why i have to get massages and stuff but yeah, balance is definitely <laughs> trickier now than it used to be. Do you, did you ever get like the a lot of nerve pain as well? No, I'm really lucky. I never got um, nerve pain or spasms, which is lucky because... Yeah, because I know a lot of people that have like yeah. insane amounts of nerve pain. Yeah, yeah, nah. That's, yeah. So yeah, I think my level of injury is different in that sense. Yeah. Because yeah, I didn't get those. Thank God. Yeah. So... I guess, like, have you ever looked into, like, stem cells and all that kind of stuff? Not really. I often get messages about it, actually. Where are they doing it in the world? Another country. I'm not sure. So, Panama is, like, has a really crazy stem cell facility. Uh, uh-huh. And then you can do a lot of stuff in Mexico. There's a bunch of countries in Europe. Yeah. That, Germany, that have it. I yeah, feel Ger- like. Germany was one of the first, like, really big 
places that you could do it. Like, right. I'm pretty sure, like, oh, it was like years ago. I think like Ronaldo or Kobe Bryant. You know, it might have been Kobe Bryant. Pretty sure he did his like an ACL injury of his knee, and he was pretty old at the time. He was like in his thirties, in old basketball. Yeah, old. yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure he got like an ACL replacement or like ACL surgery. And then he went to Germany and just got like pumped full of stem cells to wow, help so heal. heal. And that was like a long time ago. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure Germany was like one of the yeah, first ones. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah. Because I, I get a lot of messages being like, come to Germany. We've got this treatment, this treatment. And I haven't really looked too much into it. And I'm sure I will one day. But I guess for the past five years, I kind of in my mind had the mentality of um, I, I don't know I was trying to focus on being happy whether I got better or not so because yeah. I never wanted to put the focus on getting physically better because if I did I was scared that that would be all I would focus on mm. if that makes sense yeah because I know a lot of people not a lot actually but I remember when I was in the spinal unit I met a guy and he said to me um, yeah I won't be happy until I can walk and this is back when I couldn't walk either. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't want to think like that. Yeah, because yeah, what if we can't walk again? Then does that mean we'll be unhappy for the rest of our life? So I never put focus on looking into other treatments and stuff because I, I don't know, I didn't want that to be my end goal, mm. even though it would be incredible to be completely healed. And I think now that's something I could start looking more into, but that's why I didn't. In the Initially, past. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. Ah, that's, I cool. think that's a super balanced perspective to have because if, I guess it's like that, like you said, like happiness being tied to a thing. Yeah. And if you don't have that thing, then you don't have happiness. Yeah. And I think to put your own happiness first, whether you were getting better or not, I think that's a super smart kind yeah. of rational yeah. way to do it and it was always really important to me to think like that even as I was getting better I was really grateful for it but I was always really cautious to remind myself like even if I don't get completely better I'm still going to be fine um, which I'm really glad that I had that way of thinking because even now I could I guess look at my bladder and bowel and the, the lack of feeling and think oh like I'm still not happy because I'm not better yeah yeah and especially if you never get that stuff back yeah then it'd just be i feel like you'd live your life in waiting i mm. guess waiting did mm. you do you ever or did you ever feel guilty that you did get yeah better all the time still you still have that yeah when i was in the spinal ward i was in the physio section and there were probably six other patients doing physio at the same time and because we'd all been in there for months together we were all kind of at the same stage of not really being able to move much at all. And they were still laying there doing those same exercises. But while I got up and could walk and I like obviously was so happy, but at the same time, I just hated it. Like I didn't understand why I got so lucky and they didn't. It just didn't feel fair. Like yeah. people always say to me, do you ever think why me? Like why me? Did I have a skydiving accident? And I'm like, no, I think why me? Did I get better? And I think that's part of the reason why I feel obliged to share so much of my story and talk about it because I'm so lucky. Like I'm so, so, so lucky and not many people get what I've got. And I don't know why I got it, but I feel like there's some kind of reason for it. And maybe it's to share what mm. everything I've learned. I don't know. Yeah, because like the 
the whole um, survivor's guilt is a super real thing. Uh, even when when you see like a lot of veterans when they come back from wars and things mm-hmm. like that, it's not the traumatic shit that they went through that really messes them up. It's the fact that they lived and their friends died. Yeah. And they get that guilt that a lot of people can't seem to shake. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so hard to explain because you're so grateful, but you just want it for everyone. Mm. And you're like, why why did I get given all this? And I think that's part of the reason why I try to be so active and go for walks all the time and do things that I couldn't do in a wheelchair. I kind of feel like I'm doing it for the other people who mm. haven't got better. Like I... You know, if I have the opportunity to go for a walk, I'm going to take it um, and just really make the most of the legs that I have and try. Yeah, because I yeah, it really gets me sometimes. Yeah. 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 I could see that being a thing that you'd almost be like self-conscious about. Yeah. And sometimes I stop myself saying a lot online or I don't think I should say something because I think like when I'm talking about my injury, because I think, you know, how... Like, I don't know what it's like to live my life in a wheelchair. Who am I to talk about that when Mm. there's people that are dealing with this every single day? And I have friends, um, Beck always tells me, who worked in Making Strides. And um, I have another friend, Sam, who's in a wheelchair. And he always tells me, like, no, Emma, you do understand. You have every right to talk about your injury and you can relate. But I kind of, um, yeah, feel like I'm not, I don't know. Like not qualified. Yeah, not qualified to talk about it or to, um, you know, complain about what I've been through because people have got it way worse. Yeah, but Mm. I think that it sort of comes back to what I was saying before, though, is like you see this gorgeous girl that is blonde, lives on the beach and, you know, has these bikini photos and it it almost like that's not what you think when you think spinal cord injury. Yeah. So it's like an attention grabber. It it does pull people in like... as bad as it is to say, it's like it's easy to see a person in the wheelchair and be like blasé about it in, yeah. in a way. Like it's not shocking to people. Like we've yeah. seen we've seen it. You obviously feel bad, but it's like people just can move on. Yeah. It doesn't – it's not like a attention grabber, but I think someone in your position to then when you look back and you see the whole story, it, it is like a – it's shocking that you went through what you did and then here you are on the other side of it. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like it's that, you know, you kind of would, you could feel guilty for that, but then it's almost like, well, you grab people's attention. You turn heads with your story because it's not typical. It's not normal. It's not what people think. And it almost does make you stop and pay attention because yeah, we're, we're used to seeing people in wheelchairs. Yeah, and I guess people can relate the situation to themselves where, when they see me walking because, yeah. you know, they can relate that to themselves. And when they see I was just, you know, an average 20-year-old girl travelling the world who got injured, most people have done that same thing. So they can, um, yeah, relate the story to their lives, I guess. More. Mm. Yeah. Because, yeah, it is hard to put yourself in the shoes of a person that is in a wheelchair when you've never been yeah in that position before yeah yeah definitely yeah te- mm. heavy to heavy to think about that, yeah that kind of stuff but yeah I, I definitely that guilt of getting better like I could yeah I could see you wanting to just be in a wheelchair to yeah not- I I feel like I owe the world something for getting better 
Like, mm. I feel like I need to just live a really great life to say thanks. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's a balanced way to look at it as well, though. Mm. You know, like, yeah, I feel like it's it's definitely crazy for you to be as young as you were when it happened. And then to think, especially like what you said about um, where, what were you saying? Where you, oh, you wanted to be happy whether or not you got better or not yeah like that that's a really wise oh, way to i think I, I didn't think of that you know like and even with the the friends that i've kind of um know with with injuries and it's like it's definitely feel like to have that attitude at the very start as a 20 year old chick's like a pretty it's a pretty wise thing to to kind of look at it Mm. wise way to look at it yeah oh thanks (laughs) did you did you do like a lot of reading or anything like that to kind of like cultivate those type of um ideas or that just came to you yeah no I've never really been a reader I think when I was laying on the ground and I talk about this a lot when I was laying on the ground paralyzed thinking you know I wish I just died I remember really really clearly thinking um, my biggest fear wasn't that I'd never walk again. It was that I'd never feel happiness again yeah. because I just couldn't imagine living the rest of your life and never feeling happiness again. And that was from the very moment I landed my biggest fear. So for me, I've always since then put happiness really high on my list of things that I want to be. And yeah, when I heard that guy to say to me in hospital, you know, I'll not be happy unless I'll walk. And I didn't even realize it until that moment that I was probably thinking the same thing that, yeah, I'll be happy when I can start walking again. Yeah. And, but when hearing him say it like that, I was like, oh, Sounded like that's, yeah, I was like, that's not a really, like, that's not a reliable way to think because, you know, we might never walk again. And back then yeah. it was looking like I wouldn't. And I was like, okay, well, if walking isn't the answer to happiness, what is? I have to find something else. Mm. Mm. Did you feel like bad for the what you put your family through as well? Nah, or like, were they, <laughs> I should have. But yeah, because like I mean, even like I got sick a couple of years ago and I had like a bunch of these kidney surgeries and like there was one point where I was like wigging out on the on the thing and they had like all the doctors and the crash cart and like the whole thing. Yeah. And I remember, yeah. oh, it was gnarly. I was laying there. I'd just come out of surgery and my blood pressure was like ridiculously high. Like I was about to have a stroke. Oh my God. And they were like pumping me full of all this like anti-stroke medication, any like the blood pressure to like lower my blood. Nothing worked. And I yeah. was like, just, I was like having like a, not like a seizure, but you know when you see people like shaking out of control? Yeah. They like had to strap me down to the bed and shit. Wow. And all I was thinking about is like, fuck, you're such a dick for making your mum watch this. <laughs> so like I just, because my mum was like just there looking. Yeah. And just like she was just freaking out. Yeah. And I was, I, and I wasn't even, I remember not thinking about me and thinking about my mum being like, oh, I'm so sorry. I feel like such a dick right now. Because, <laughs> like, I was putting, yeah, them, putting through them through that. that. And it'd be so hard to watch, yeah, your, your child, son, yeah. yeah, go through something like that. Did you think that with um, your mum or they I just remember like- thinking when I was falling, I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, Gemma, my best friend is going to find me dead on the ground. Like, yeah. that sucks. So That'd I remember, yeah, I was like, sorry about that. Um, and I remember thinking about that. Um but in hospital, no, well, everyone was just really good to me and really there for me. And I guess at the time I didn't 
realize how much it would have affected everyone else. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I guess I was just thinking like, oh my God, this, this is so hard for me. Like, I can't believe I'm going through this. But now I can see how it would have affected everyone. But at the time I was just like, poor me. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I guess that's being 20 though. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it would have been so hard to, you know, my mum and sister flew over and I remember they said they expected to get there and see me, you know, all bruised and broken and crying in bed. And then when they got there, I was just like, hey, What's happening? <laughs> how's it going? And they're like, oh my God. <laughs> just typical you. Yeah. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I've like, cause race and motocross, we, um, we used to get hurt all the time. Yeah. And I remember I broke my ankle and, uh. I was like 16. I just got my, my learners or something. And me and my, my mate, we like took his dad's car without it, without our proper licenses. And we went riding in this cane paddock. I smashed my ankle. Then I called, I was like, had to drive to the hospital, like holding my foot. Cause it was like completely oh broken. God. And I'm like holding it out the window. And I'm just thinking the whole time, it's just like, fuck, mum's going to be so pissed off. <laughs> and uh, we got to the hospital and they're like, do you want to call your mom? And I don't even think I had a mobile phone at this time. And I was like, oh, nah, nah don't worry right. about it. <laughs> and uh, so then I'm I'm laying in hospital and they're like, okay, so your leg is for sure broken. Do you want to call your mum? And I'm like, nah, nah, don't worry about it. And they're like, <laughs> well, you might have to have surgery. We need you to call your mum. And I was just like, fuck, <laughs> just fully avoiding it so hard. But I just remember I actually called her and I was like, all right, mum, so I'm in hospital. It's not broken, but... <laughs> I've hurt my leg. And she's like, "Is it, well, is it broken or is it not broken? And I was like, I don't think it's broken. <laughs> I think it's fine. I was like, I think it'll be all right. And she's <laughs> like, well, why are you calling me if it's not broken? And I'm like, oh, oh, well, the hospital, they just said. And she's like, well, I met your sisters at Stedford. I'll come when it's done. So, like, she just rocked up, like, hours later. <laughs> she was so pissed. But every time I got hurt, I used to just think, like, I just get guilty for, like, people having to, like, yeah bring me food and shit yeah like that. I, I can i can that. see that now but yeah at the time i was the opposite i called my mum from the ground while i was laying there really fully paralyzed no shit and i was like help <laughs> you called your mum from the ground yeah because Gemma ran i think there must have been some like a random person walking past so she ran up to them grabbed their mobile just like took it off them called the ambulance or whoever I don't know how she knew to call them. Her instructor must have told her the number or something. And then she called my mum and she said to my mum on the phone, she's like, Emma's been in a skydiving accident. And my mum was just like, no, she hasn't. Like it just, it doesn't seem real. And because me and Gemma had been best friends since we were like four, we'd all, we'd grown up together and mum knew her just as well. And we'd always do pranks and stuff like that. So mum thought like, this is a shit prank. Like, yeah, this that's, sucks. Yeah, that's heavy. But she didn't believe her. And then, so she put me on the phone and she would have just been able to tell from my voice that, yeah, it was real. And I was, cause I was just so What'd you distraught. say to her? I don't remember. See, this is the point in time where it's kind of my memory's a bit hazy. Um, I think I was just saying like, I can't move my legs. And everyone kept telling me um, back then, even the ambulance, I think, was saying like your body's just in shock it'll all come back like in a few hours you'll be fine yeah and so that's what my mum was saying too and I was like I don't know like this feels pretty bad like I can't wriggle my toes hey yeah so in the beginning people didn't realize it was as bad as I was until I went and got the scans done and had the surgery and mm. that's when they saw like no your spinal cord's like pretty messed up so did they have to put like 
plates and rods in your spine on like yeah, fused I've vertebrae got, and stuff? Yeah, I've got, I think three of them are joined with rods. I don't really know what's in there. And then I also broke my pelvis, so I've got a big Ugh. screw in there. When you look at the x-ray, it's literally just like this big screw. It looks like they got from Bunnings and just like chucked it in there. Have you ever watched like hospital vi- like surgery videos? No, but once I had to get a surgery on, I don't know, I think it was my bladder or something, and I YouTubed it before and I was like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) Have you like, you need to, you need to YouTube a, uh, someone like break like a femur surgery. Like, you know, the femur, the top bone. I'm almost tempted to YouTube one right now. It's watching surgeries. They like straight up. So like they'll put this big rod Mm. the, the femur is the biggest bone in your body. They like cut it in half. And then we're just like, it's just a fucking Makita saw. Like, it's just a power and tool. And they just... just sh- and then they get a rod and then they just go, dos, dos, dos with a hammer. Like... Like it's not a bone. Like, it's just... No, they're just... A hand, bit of brick. They're just handyman. Yeah. Like, they just go in. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would hate to know what they did to my spine. Like, clearly it helped, but I would just hate to see it. Yeah. It's full on, eh? Like, mm. and even... Uh, so, I got a friend of mine. He broke his femur twice. Jeez. Oh, same track. The same one. Same track. Same corner. Same everything. Yeah. So, one year, he's there at the race. He's one of the best riders in... in well, at the time, he's one of the best riders in the world. Goes over the handlebars, breaks his femur, lays on the ground, foots backwards, the whole thing, le- like legs completely backwards. Yeah. Goes to the hospital, put in the put in the rod, starts his recovery. A year later, his first race back is at that same track. Oh. Same turn, same everything, same bone, snaps it. <gasps> but this time, like when you break a bone when there's a rod in there, the rod can bend. And then they can't pull it out. Oh, my God. Because it's bent. So what'd they do? They have to chop your bone up into like a bunch of pieces and pull it out piece by piece. <gasps> it's no joke. Oh, did he ever go to that track again? I don't know. I can't. I feel like he has. I feel like he shouldn't. Yeah, no. He He's actually, uh, he's like a crazy stuntman now. So he did like, did you see Mad Max with the... You no. didn't see the new Mad Max. I don't watch Tom any Hardy. Movies. It's pretty good. <laughs> but anyway, he did all the stunts in that. He did the stunts in like the new Triple X. What's the, he did Pirates of the Caribbean. Like he's oh, a cool. crazy, crazy yeah. good stuntman. But yeah, so he quit motocross and went into stunts wow. after that. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, surgeries are yeah. heavy. Yeah, they're heavy. Even when I got my kidney operated on, they did like, because I've only got one kidney and then this kidney was jacked. So they normally they do the procedure like keyhole yeah but they're like we don't want to have any room for variables oh, so here got a big scar. so they did like the big cut oh wow and like man when i woke up like i've been through some shit with injuries and yeah. stuff that was just something else yeah like the pain it felt like every time i moved all of my insides were just about to explode felt like everything that was inside was going to go outside if i moved too far what a feeling oh it was terrible but yeah it's just like they Mm. cut through all the muscles they cut through everything like it's no joke yeah how's your scar now i really like scars oh really yeah (laughs) people always say to me like oh do you want to do something about your scars i'm like nah i love them (laughs) yeah i got a couple because i had a i got one down there as well from a motorbike crash i like perforated my bow so i had to get like four or five inches of my bow removed oh wow i was only six too my god yeah it was not a good deal crazy mum was pretty so that's why i'm self-conscious about yeah my injuries with my mum because she's just been through so much (laughs) sorry mum. yeah well like my brother broke when i broke my leg my brother broke his leg same time 
Yeah. But he had like six operations on his. He had like a staph infection. Like it was. Oh, wow. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, that's hard. I broke my arm at the same time my sister broke her leg on the same day. How did you not break your arm, Skylar? Like when you crashed? Yeah, I don't know how I didn't break more. I broke my back, my pelvis, my. Sternum. sternum that's i've done that that sucks well i didn't even know i broke it until probably like two years ago i was reading my medical reports and said broken sternum and i was like just literally no one told me what the hell? <laughs> i guess because when you have a spinal cord injury like yeah, that's, yeah, the focus. that's the focus like i always forget that i broke my pelvis because it just didn't matter in the scheme of things um and i shattered my teeth oh. um but yeah that was it i didn't i had maybe like one little scratch on my face but I looked fine. And yeah, I don't know how I didn't like pull my arms out when I was going to land and snap them or, you know, it was bleeding everywhere. I looked fine. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. To think that you fell from yeah. however many thousand yeah. feet. But I often think that I probably broke more um, and I just didn't, didn't x-ray realize. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Even now, I had an x-ray the other day, like two days ago on my leg because cause I can't feel them. I never know if I've hurt myself or not. Yeah, and my right. leg was just super swollen for like two weeks, really swollen. I was like, why is that? And that was while I was in Europe. And so I actually came back early because I was so yeah, worried right. about it. Yeah, I saw it. that, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, uh, I don't think I did anything, but can I just have an x-ray on my leg? Because I just never know what's broken or what's not. And I think it's fine because I haven't heard back. But yeah. The I, swelling went down. Just yeah, it's fine. Now. <laughs> That's bizarre. So weird. Um, but yeah, so I honestly think I could have broken my arms or something, and now they've just healed. Yeah, naturally, and I just didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, because like that's the priority, obviously, when yeah. you're in those. But that's what people said. Like when I went into with the kidney thing, they're like, because I only had one, and then they're yeah. like, "Well, how did you not know you only had one kidney?" I was like, well, I didn't, "Oh, I you didn't, didn't have one removed? No, no, no. Were I born just with was one. born with oh. one. Yeah. Well, I was born with two, but the it happens like they just don't develop." Oh, so, so you've got, got a mini like, kidney in there. Yeah, like pretty, it's just nothing. Oh, like wow. it's like they, when you're a baby, it just yeah. doesn't grow. Huh. So, but yeah, and they're like, how did you not know that? And I was like, well, Why when, would would I? I have, yeah. when would I have gone <laughs> Who checks to how many kidneys they have? Yeah. yeah. But apparently it's like one in 300 people only have one kidney. Ah, oh, well, there you go. More common than you think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and no, I mean, I've like raced motocross and done all that shit my whole yeah. life. And it's like. That's probably partied a lot, like yeah. drunk a lot of beers. <laughs> so where you're like, eh, probably shouldn't have done that on one yeah. kidney. Yeah. But it's funny, like, what for whatever reason, like I just pretty much don't drink now because yeah. like the hangovers I get are just uh, like so so bad because of the kidney. Mm. But I don't know whether it's just like a mental thing because like, well, I've always got pretty bad hangovers. Like there was one time I was actually in Switzerland. And um, I was filming Supercross mm-hmm. and they're all sponsored by Monster Energy. So they have like this huge party thing. So like uh, after the race, like the Monster Energy thing was in the car park. There was like 40,000 people yeah. were in the car park of this stadium in Geneva. And we had like VIP things through Monster. Yeah. And I was just drinking like Jaeger and Monster all <laughs> night. And I got up in the morning. Well, I was like... I was like, all right, well, here's the thing. I'll drink all night and I'll stay up all night and then I'll just get on the plane. Like, I won't go to sleep. Because yeah. if you go to sleep for like a couple of hours, that's when you feel really shit. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just be drunk through the airport and I'll get on the plane yeah. and then I'll sleep for the flight. Yeah. And then my girlfriend at the time called me 
And she was like, what are you doing? Your flight's not till one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and I was like, oh, a long time to stay no. Away. Yeah, because I thought it was like five in the morning. Yeah. But I think because of 24-hour time, like I just uh, didn't Yeah. I just didn't think about it. So then I was like, shit. So I, it was like three in the morning at this point. So I was like, I went back to my room and I went to bed because I was like, I need to sleep. And then I woke up at like eight in the morning and the the headache that I had was like, unbelievable <laughs> and the dude that i was with i went walked into the i walked into the uh bathroom and i just laid on the shower floor <laughs> and i was just like vomiting everywhere oh, like pretty okay. much just vomiting yeah yeah and then i uh i he kept coming in and he's like dude we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go all my camera gear everything was everywhere i was like hey man i'm not going anywhere you didn't get your flight no, I did. But I made him pack all my bags. Pack my stuff. I made him get my clothes out of my bag. I made him dress me. Like this he was like wiping me down. Like I was oh my God. I was that hungover. Like we we walked through Did you go to the airport in Geneva? No, like I didn't go to Geneva. No. Nah. Oh okay. Zurich. Oh, okay, Zurich, yeah. So in then the airport there was like dudes with like machine guns and shit like security <laughs> that would have got you and i was like i <laughs> almost want to steal something just so i can get shot because then i'll get morphine like that's oh how God. that's how bad my hangover wow, was wow i don't think i've ever had a hangover because it yeah you just don't drink that much eh? Won't, just never <laughs> you never drink at all not really maybe i have a corona every once and again but not really i feel like you need to experience a legit hangover yeah well see this is another thing because i was 20 and before my accident, I was working at a nightclub. So I was never going out because I was working there. Uh. And it was really fun, but I just didn't really go out. And then for the past five years, I haven't either. And I'm like, I feel like I missed that whole Drinking stage. Thing, like, yeah. I don't know what a hangover feels like, but it doesn't sound great. Nah, that's shit. But <laughs> I feel like it's something you should experience. I'm sure once in my life I will. Oh Yeah, but I, I ended up. I ended up throwing up at the airport a bunch <laughs> and then I got super lucky. Well, so I had to fly from Geneva to Zurich mm-hmm. and then there was actually like a New Zealand couple on the flight, like on the plane next to me. Yeah. And then uh, they're like, hey, how are you? And I had like a beanie on. I look like death. <laughs> and like, cause you know, when you've been vomiting in your eyes and yeah. all the bloodshot, like I look like shit. And then the, the chick was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then she's like, oh, you're Australian. <laughs> and I was like, I just wanted to be like, shut the fuck Don't up. Like, me. please <laughs> shut up. But then I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, look, I'm sorry. I'm like really hungover. <laughs> so then I pulled my beanie over my face and I just put my head on the chair in front of me. And then, yeah, I was like, it's because it's a pretty short flight. And they were like, like, are you sure you're okay? And I was like, just stop. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so we got to Zurich airport, threw up again. And then the guy, like the writer that I was there to film, was like a mm. famous motocross dude. And he was, he's a big dude. And he was in between uh, two people on like the aisle sort of side of the plane. Yeah. And I had four seats to myself oh, on the nice. middle. So then he, he gets up to me and he's like, hey, Jace, Jace, let me. I would have said me, no. I just pretended to be asleep. <laughs> and it was before we'd even taken off. And he's like, he just blew up in the middle of the plane and then the, the flight attendant it's like Malcolm Stewart the dude's like a famous motocross <laughs> guy and uh, he's like fuck you man I know you're not asleep and I just played dead like nice. yeah I was like you ever seen like when dogs like get ducks and the <laughs> ducks pretend to play dead and then as soon as the dog lets them go they run they off, run off. But that's you got it though. when you get your own row on an airplane that's gold yeah, like, I know. you don't want to give that up but yeah so then I slept 
the entire and the dude like he straight up stopped being my friend like he just never he just never spoke he never got over it because like he actually texted me while he was sitting down and he was like hey man i really need to sit next to you these dudes next to me are massive and their their uh breath smells like dragon shit and <laughs> i bad. just and i just like I just ignored it. And then he's like, hey, man, I saw you read your phone. You've got to <laughs> let me in. And then he got up and like it made a huge scene. It was like yelling at me. And then, yeah, the air host, he's like, you need to return to your seat. You can't be yelling at a passenger like this. And I just I, I played dead the whole time. Classic. Yeah. So, but moral of the story, I think you need to have a pretty legit hangover. Yeah, I guess I got to experience that. Yeah, I got no idea. Is there still like a bucket list of stuff that you think that you've not experience through these five years that you probably should have like drinking and I guess whatever drinking yeah last weekend when i was at the bar in melbourne i was like this seems fun mm. <laughs> like no wonder people go out so i don't know just stuff like that that's more my age because i've i guess i've had to feel and act way older than i am for yeah. the past five years just being really disciplined with rehab and mm. everything else and so i just kind of want to feel 25 and yeah. do what everyone else is doing our age. So what what are those things? I like don't in know. your opinion. I don't you know. You just don't know. Yeah, but I just want to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like I've been in hiding for five years and it's only been in the last kind of year that I've really kind of um I guess come back out of that. I'm like, oh hello, world again. Here yeah, I okay. Am. Yeah. That's pretty interesting that Yeah. Because like you've been here the whole time. I know. Yeah, but I've just been, I guess, in my own little bubble. Mm. Yeah. Do you have, like, bucket lists of, like, travel and stuff that you still want to do? Like, Yeah, I want to travel heaps. Like, that's, again, still the only thing I really know that I really want to do. Yeah. Um, Hawaii and Norway are probably my number one. Oh, um, Norway is crazy. Yeah. Have you looked insane. at, like, a lot of photos and stuff yeah. in Norway? Yeah. I When I went there, I didn't Google, like, there was... For those years that I lived in the US, I traveled so much that I actually stopped paying attention to where I was going. <laughs> I just got the ticket, I and got on the plane, and I got the rental yeah. car, and then I went to the plane. Like, it become so routine yeah. that I didn't, oh, where's, well, I'm going to research this. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. And Norway was the place where it paid off massive. Yeah. Because when I looked out of the, of the, the window of the plane, just before we were landing in Norway, that was one of the most like breathtaking experiences of my whole life. Yeah. Like I've never had my mind blown. Wow. Because I just didn't know. You didn't know what to expect. I'd never, yeah. I didn't know what a fjord was. I didn't know yeah. any of that stuff. And I just looked and was just like, holy yeah. shit. And I spent the, we were there for a week. And I spent the whole week just completely mesmerized. In awe. Yeah. yeah. That's like Switzerland. When and that's why I wanted to go back just a few weeks ago because I didn't want my memory of Switzerland to be yeah. a negative one because it's the most beautiful place in the world, like probably genuinely the most beautiful. Yeah. And so when we went back this time, we were just looking everywhere, like in shock. It's just it doesn't seem everything's real. a picture. Yeah, it's stunning. And when we went up in the helicopter and we're like flying around the Alps, we were just like jaws open, like whoa. Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine Norway. It's though when I when I tell people about Switzerland, they bring up Norway. I feel like those two places are. Mm. Well, so what see. made you want to go there? Just people saying it's crazy. To Switzerland or Norway? Norway. Um. Well, we have a friend from Norway, and yeah, she's shown us photos and stuff, and it just looks amazing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And like, man, we stayed at. You probably haven't seen the movie, um, but 
uh, Ex Machina. No. Have you ever seen that movie? No. So it's called Hotel Juvet. I'll just Google it real quick. <laughs> I haven't seen any movie. Seriously, people always bring up um, things, and I just have no idea what they're talking about. Is this Norway? Yeah. Wow. So that's called Hotel Juvet or Juvet. Oh, it's a hotel you can actually go to. That's a hotel, to. yeah. You can stay there. <laughs> so I can't remember like how far away it was from like the airport. It was like a couple hours drive and it's like a wilderness Did resort. Did you stay here? Yeah, I stayed <gasps> there. I stayed there for four or five days. Oh my God. It was crazy. Is that a jacuzzi thing? Yeah. Like a little spa? Oh, yeah. Did and you then, go in it? Yeah. And we, uh, we jumped in that river too. We actually did a shoot. A friend of mine has a skincare line called Asare. And uh, it's like a natural Aussie skincare yeah. line. Like, it's pretty awesome. I'll, I'll show you after. But um, we did a shoot there. And, yeah, it's like, it's ridiculous. It's wow. one of the most crazy places yeah. I've, ever, I've ever been. But, um, yeah, there was a movie called Ex Machina. You should watch. It's a really, really good movie. It's about, like... Uh, artificial intelligence yeah and this guy is like a research uh, like a researcher or whatever and he goes to gets invited to this place because there's like a, a there's i can't remember the exact name but there's like a test that you do to figure out if a being is sentient right. so they tr- this guy developed this ai which was this chick and then he had to interview this robot to who was like artificially intelligent yeah. to see if she class uh was be classified as like a sentient being. yeah so it's all filmed at this hotel oh wow so yeah you can it's, that, like, it's so had you seen the movie before you went there yeah right oh, how so cool. it was crazy like it i actually really want to watch it again because i haven't watched it since, since i've been, been to the yeah, hotel that would be cool. yeah so i actually want to watch it was this to- very expensive Looks yeah, like. <laughs> it would have been very expensive. I'm not sure. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. Let's make sure it's all, yeah. But yeah, so like, but I had no idea yeah. a, about how beautiful it was. Yeah. But that place, so they serve, it's all inclusive. So there's no restaurants around there. There's like nothing around oh, there. Just it's just everything like fully, you need in there. Yeah, it's like fully out in the wilderness. Yeah. So uh, they'd serve like, and if it doesn't come, if the food isn't within four miles of the hotel, they don't serve it. So we were eating like elk, deer, really? like we ate reindeer steaks. Oh my God. We ate whale, like legit whale. So it was all traditional Norwegian food. I didn't know they ate whale. Nah, me either. <laughs> but it was, it was good. It was like, um, what's that? What's it called? I was, it's like the ham stuff, uh, Devon. Prosciutto. Oh, no, prosciutto. 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 Uh, it was just kind of like prosciutto. Uh, yeah, see, it I'm was vegetarian, like, so I don't really know what meat uh, tastes like. One of those guys. <laughs> one of no. them. Yeah. How Whale. long have you been vegetarian for? Since my accident, like since directly after. Why is that? I don't know. And this is a weird thing. Um, it was pretty much when I got out of hospital. Could have been a, the hospital food was just rank. So it put me off meat. I don't know. Mm. But I actually know a lot of people who, because I never decided I'm going to go vegetarian. Like it was never a decision. It just kind of happened gradually. And I actually know probably five other people who have been through some kind of traumatic injury and they became vegetarian after. I'm like, I don't know. And when we talk about it, we think maybe subconsciously, because we've never thought this, but maybe we kind of, um, I don't know. 
like saw the appreciation we had for our life and maybe put that onto mm. I, I don't know like yeah. never like I don't even really like animals like there's something wrong with me so I didn't do it for any reason it just kind of happened and came oh. about yeah weird that's interesting. Yeah. There's a guy that I've had on the podcast. Uh, his name's Adam Greentree. Mm-hmm. And he's like a world famous bow hunter. So, bow? Oh, like, like as bow, and, bow arrow. and arrow. Yeah. Ah. So he's like, he's him and his family, uh, they actually just went to the States. So he's got three kids and his wife, they're road tripping around America for the next six months. And oh, wow. they're hunting. Yeah. But he only eats meat. He kills himself. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's, so yeah. it's like, yeah, it's crazy because he's the same. Whereas he like, has such a respect for animals yeah. and life that in his mind, and it's, I guess it's like general consensus that um, the most humane way to harvest meat is through like a bow and arrow. Because yeah. when you kill, when you hit an animal in the side, in the right spot, it goes through both lungs and the heart and the animal's dead in like Straight four away. seconds yeah. without any pain. Yeah. And like, so yeah, that's like, so I guess there's like one extreme of people like, oh, I don't, don't want to eat meat or anything like yeah. that. And then you get his extreme, which seems like it's be worse, like, because he's actually the one doing the yeah. killing. But he's but still morally doing it. Yeah. It's the, like morally, right. yeah. it's like the, set, the yeah. right kind of reason. Yeah. Makes sense. That's interesting that right after the accident, you yeah. just kind yeah. of went. No, it just happened. Yeah. yeah. And it's not something I ever really think about. I just don't. When was the last time you ate meat? Yeah, it would have been, oh, well, five years ago now. So you just straight up just stopped. Like yeah. you don't even dabble like in a... No, never. When there's I, like a bit of ham on a cheese board, no, you don't it even... it wouldn't interest me at all. That's so crazy. Yeah. I wonder if there's something that psychologically did happen then. Yeah, I don't know. Did you eat yeah. a lot of meat before? Yeah, like every meal, like three times a day. Oh, shit. Yeah, loved it. And I've never missed it since then. Like I've never thought, oh, I'm craving a steak. Like, oh, you hit your head then. Huh? Yeah. When you you fell, you hit your head. I don't know. Something changed. Because you know you hear of like people that have like brain injuries and then they can speak French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just wake up different. Maybe you just wake up veggie. Yeah, maybe. But I definitely did hit my head because my memory is so bad now. Really? Like you could ask me what I did yesterday and I'd be like, I don't really know. No shit. (laughs) Yeah. And so when I talk about um, my life before the accident, I always say like I don't really remember. And I think it's because it seems like a lifetime ago, but also like I genuinely don't remember so much that has happened. It's weird. So yeah, I think a lot of things would have gone on in my brain when I hit my head. Yeah. And Veggio was one of them. That's crazy. Mm. So where else is on your like travel bucket list? Um... I don't really know. Mainly just like uh, nature-y places, I guess. I really want to do Everest. I'm planning to do that in April Ooh. next year, base camp, but I don't know. I think you can get to base camp pretty easy. Yeah. Not easy, but, but that's safe for that's you to what, get to. That's what in my mind, I'm like, sure, yeah. everyone does that. Well, a lot of people do that. But then someone told me it's three weeks or something of hiking like 20 kilometers a day. I don't know if I made, up, made that up, but it sounds pretty hectic. Yeah. So... I'll have to train very yeah. hard for that. Um, but, yeah, I want to do, um, yeah, just heaps of hikes and just see Did you cool have the things. same appreciation for nature before you crash? No, I always loved it because I um, have been brought up camping all the time and always loved being out in nature, but not definitely not as much as now. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's like this gave you that yeah. ultimate appreciation yeah. for it. And I think, as I was saying before, it gave me the, um, like, I want to see things that you can't get to in a wheelchair because I feel so lucky to be able to get there on my own mm. legs. 
Yeah. Have you done much of Australia? No, not really. We bought a combi, me and Elle. Yeah. I um, saw that. Oh, it's just so bad though. Like it's currently doesn't have an engine in it. It breaks all the time. Yeah, they break all yeah, the time. Yeah, so we planned. There's a reason to, they stop making. Yeah, there's, we planned to <laughs> buy cool that. Though. Travel Australia didn't really work. I've only really been down the east coast and up. I haven't been. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere else? You need to get. Have you been to Cairns? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say you need to kind of get up there and around that whole area. Yeah, well. I haven't really seen much of it, but Elle's from Cairns. I think yeah. we're going back there soon, actually. But yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah. 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 So that's where we all grew. Yeah, we all grew up. up oh, because so. I went to school together. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, but like, man, Northern Territory, Kakadu, Alice Springs. Yeah. Like, there's so many amazing places in Australia yeah. that I just don't think people. I don't think even people in Australia realize how much. Yeah, people stuff always we travel have. elsewhere before yeah they'll go to like bali a bunch of times yeah and stuff yeah yeah. Like that. yeah but yeah i'd love to do more of australia i'd love to get a reliable van and kind of do that the whole van life thing is massive oh, these days love it how love good it. is it though, yeah hey? it's the best yeah i'm into it um <laughs> the states is crazy as well for like scenery mm. like it, it's such a crazy place because it's one country but it doesn't feel like one country like, like it's all really different oh man the, like yeah. from Southern California to like Utah. It's like an eight hour oh, drive. Oh, Utah is where I want to go. Oh, yeah. it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's just incredible. And, but it's just the way that the landscape changes. So like, oh, a couple Christmases ago, I drove from LA to uh, Colorado. Yeah. And it's just like, holy shit. Like the amount of stuff that you see and the way the landscape can change yeah. in like 14 hours, I think that wow. drive is. Yeah, it's incredible. That's cool. Although mm. that'd be like Australia. If you, yeah, the landscape up at Cairns and then downgrade Ocean Road, like totally yeah. different, that yeah. whole drive. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like, mm. yeah, the US is just, it's so, well, I mean, it's, I guess similar size to Australia, but just the, yeah, the different landscapes that yeah. it has. That's like van life dream. Yeah. Oh, I'll to, add that to my list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. never thought about van life you know, over there, but. Mm. Mm. yeah and stuff's so cheap over there like you could buy a van pretty cheap over there and actually like do it yeah there's a documentary on netflix it's like not the best like made documentary but it was cool that a couple from chile or where were they from actually no they must have they were from europe but they bought a van in like new york yeah and then they went up through like canada and then they went from canada to alaska and then they went back from Alaska all the way down the West Coast to California, like down through to California. Yeah. Then they went through Mexico and they were basically trying to go from Alaska to Argentina. But I think they brought their dog with them and their dog got sick or something. So they have to like cut it short. Oh. But it was like, a, it's like yeah. a crazy docker on Netflix, but it's all like full van life. They yeah. brought an old bus. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. A bus. Yeah. That's yeah. the dream. Yeah. Mm. We, uh, I was get a buy an old school bus in the US and like do the podcast out of it. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. But that was the trip that I got sent back. Oh. So <laughs> went to jail. No, so it didn't happen. <laughs> so we're gonna put brain check on that one. It's a good idea that you could even do that around Australia. Yeah, I'd still I'd say I will. And like the whole gypsy theme, like yeah, the, the gypsy works. wagon, yeah. Yeah. Because like oh, it's great not idea. that much space. Like if you look at the table, you Yeah. Know? You don't need much. But yeah. I think that that's definitely on the on the bucket list. Yeah, so. good one. Mm. Mm. Well it's been, uh, how long's it been? Two and a half hours. Wow. Goes pretty quick, eh? Yeah. We can talk. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Love a chat. Yeah. Hey, to you, aunt. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks, Easter, for coming on. I'm glad we made it happen. I'm, I'm glad it happened after Europe as well. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. It's, good timing. Yeah. It's cool mm. to 
hear about your experience over there and going back to the yeah place where it all kind of started yeah. for you really yeah full circle yeah mm. so i hope you enjoyed it and uh yeah have you on again at some point if you bloody got more stuff to talk about <laughs> thank you so much yeah no dramas thanks why why if you why? have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why, why? good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion 